everybody to another exciting edition of the lights out as we enter our second annual battle of the Halloween Havocs that's right we're battling Halloween Havoc 1999 versus 1994 we got WCW at its finest or its lowest whichever way you want to see it Jay Austin James Klein What's up, Allison? How do you feel about this second ever battle of the Halloween Havocs? Man, I am stoked for this. Last last year, it was so much fun yes. um, doing this, and I think a lot of people liked it, too. And so it is a competition, but last year we uh, tied, I believe. Um, yeah. So we didn't have a winner. So let's see if we tie this year if... Uh, uh, if uh, if one of us comes in, I thought it. for sure when you <laughs> when you pick ninety nine and I pick ninety four, I thought for sure this would be a shoe in for me. But uh, after I watched the show, I am not one hundred percent sure. So huh. we'll see how We're this about goes. To find that out. <laughs> this, so. this show is not as good as I thought it was going to be. Yeah, <laughs> overall, a little, little rough for both of them, brother. But you know, hey, you know what? You know, this is the battle. You know what I mean? Like I'm throwing at you my pick, you're throwing at your pick. You know what I mean? 
Like we might mm. think our picks might have like been a little rough around the edges, but but you know what? We have to defend it regardless. You know what I mean? Yes. Because we're here to win, brother. That's what we do in the lights out battle, and we yeah. we win. Yeah, and we have no um, rules. And, yeah, and the and the, from the very first match between us, the two of us, uh, I'm gonna throw all the rules out the window because we're gonna we're gonna have a drag out fight. I think on the first match. Yeah. See what 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 my, what my plan is the Goldberg your ass. I'm gonna be the baby okay. face, and I'm going to attack you before the match even started and bust you open, and I'm just gonna whip your ass at the end. So, okay, well, we'll see. We'll see what happens. All right, we'll see what happens. And then, um, I just, I just revealed the the best part of my show. But <laughs> 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 all right, everything else is a little rough, brother. But you know, uh, but before yeah. we before we get into this battle, and I think yep. I think right before we should actually battle it out, talking about the both shows, I I do kind of want to cut a little promo. Okay. Of how oh, I'm gonna, how right. I'm gonna battle you, but I do want to talk about some interesting stuff because it's very rare that we do like '90s stuff. You know what I mean? So I'm always yes, like it is pretty because we you know in you know, the retro blood we talk about all these <laughs> '80s stuff all the time. It's great, but '90s is a very fun mm-hmm. era for both um, horror movies and um, music as well. Okay. Yeah. So I just exactly. want to talk a little bit about what was going on around the metal scene around our two um pay-per-views we decided to talk about and i found a couple interesting stuff so i'll talk about like mine first okay well maybe we should do yours because yours is 94 it happened happened before so there there was a couple uh uh, cool stuff so so yours came out your pay-per-view came out october 23rd 1994 Mm -hmm. and it's funny because mine Came out October twenty fourth, nineteen ninety nine. So pretty close to each other. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. A lot of parallels yep. when it comes to these because we're only about what five years from each other. Yeah, five years, five six. Yeah, no way. Yeah, five yeah. years from each other. I almost couldn't do math there, but we're like five years from each other there. And uh, there's a lot of parallels we'll talk about on the show. But um, I thought it was kind of interesting that a couple um, some albums from nineteen ninety four came out. All right, so we have yeah, so we have Merciful Fate that we talk about all the time on the uh, the Retro Blood. They came out with their album Time, okay, and then or okay, and then we had her uh, uh, we had a uh, uh, where's the other one I found on here? Uh, Dancing came out with Dancing Four on October yeah, Dancing Four. Alright, and a band yeah, that we saw re- that. a band that we saw recently, Ron and Christ came out and they had uh their album Non Servena. Hope I said that right. <laughs> so you know, I and when I'm exploring ninety four, it looks like we got some decent um albums and of course the two most famous albums that came out this month and this year that I know you're gonna want to talk about a little bit is the first one we have is Corn and they released their album Corn. And Dream Theater released their album Awake. Yeah, I remember when that Corn record came out. Um, I'm not a, I don't like Corn at all, but or any kind of new metal. But they yeah. were way ahead of their time. Yeah, um, there was no such thing as new metal in 1994. Um, so they kind of invented that in a way. Um, although I'll maintain even to this day that Corn is real metal. It's not new metal. Yeah, um, I mean like they're Korn earlier the stuff. 
Yeah, definitely. Uh, like corn and the Deftones, that's real metal, not like new metal. Um, but yeah, I remember seeing that corn video on, uh, it's really weird what I thought about it at the time. Um, <laughs> cause it was new, you know, it's like this weird, like I can remember watching it on MTV with my friend and that video played. And I thought that they sounded like suicidal tendencies. Yeah. <laughs> Which is weird to think cause they don't say anything like suicidal tendencies. And I don't know why I thought that, but I'm like, I'm like, Oh, this is a band kind of like suicidal tendencies. Um, so I don't know. It was weird. Um, I didn't really, I mean, even then I didn't really particularly like it, but, um, you know, it obviously hit a, hit a nerve with somebody and it got really big. So the corn would probably get really big by about 99, right? Yeah, I would say so. Whenever like they, they were released playing like that arenas Adidas, around, yeah. Yeah, whenever they did the, the Adidas song. Yeah, that might even have been on that first album. I don't know. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, I'm not too familiar with corn myself. I'm kind of like, when, kind of like a new on that one. Like I never was a big fan of them, but yeah. I know they're like super popular uh, with a lot mm-hmm. of, with a lot of fans out there. It's the, kind of uh, cool I to remember, see, see uh, you know, you can see uh, Hulk Hogan and the Cage Brother and then listen to some corn, you know. Exactly. There's nothing better than that, right? Yeah. Um, but I remember the Merciful Fade album. Um, that, that was like the second album, I believe, after they got back together. Merciful Fade really wasn't around for very long originally. They, I think they did like two or three albums maybe in the early 80s and then King Diamond went solo. Then they got back together in the early 90s. So they were apart for like 10 years or something. And I think that Time was the second album they did after they got back together. Nice. Um, and then I think that they would do, well, like I can't really remember. I know that until they did that tour last fall, they haven't played um, a show or done anything in like 10 or 20 years. So, you know, 99 might have been the last, I don't know. It's been a long time, but... um they, uh, but yeah, so they they were back together. It was kind of interesting to see Merciful Fate get back together because that's a band that I didn't really think would get back together. Yeah. Um, you know, Iron Maiden was going through their uh, their dark era where they were uh, they were either making music that was shitty or they were uh, or Bruce Dickinson left and then they got their new singer and it was a dark time for metal in a lot of ways. Ninety four. Um, there was some. I would say so. Yeah, because you know they were. You got to consider that, like, it was a weird time because grunge was really dead by 94, 94, 95. Grunge was mm, pretty, uh, it was was starting to get to where, not dead, but it was starting to get, um, like, er, there was just so much of it. You know what I mean? Like, it was just everywhere. Like, there's so many bands. Kind of like the hair bands. Yeah, and it got to where it was just everything sounded like that. And like, there were, there are all those bands like Dave's and the new and all those like ripoff grunge bands. Um, so I, I think personally at this point, I was starting to get sick of it. Um, and I started listening to stuff like, uh, I believe in March of 94, this is getting way off topic now, but March of 94 is when 90 snails downward spiral came out. Um, and I remember, uh, getting it and then um like the next day after i got it I, I went on a trip to new york city and i took that with me and listened to it on my walkman um bought it on cassette and listened to it on my walkman yeah, but buddy. um 
but yeah, so that would have been earlier in the year. So yeah, grunge was starting to get old at this point. There was just a lot, like every band sounded like that. Yeah. So, so I was starting to get, and that's why the corn bands got big was because it was not grunge. It was different. Yeah. A little different. Um, yeah, it was a little different. So yeah, grunge was definitely starting to get old at this point. Uh, um, even Slayer was making music that wasn't very Slayer like. I'm trying to think of something other than that Downward Spiral record that was good from '94. And I guess that Merciful Fate album was good. I can't really think of anything else, to be honest with you. So, well, yeah, it was kind of a dark time for, for metal, for sure. So, a time that actually, to me, since I was scrolling through this and I was surprised, a non dark time for metal was actually in 1999, brother, of all the years. Okay. Um, yeah, I'm kind of interested to see because I would think that would be a really shitty year. Yeah, me too. That was about the time that new metal was starting to get huge. Exactly. Um, to answer your question, that Adidas song is on their second album, which came out in 1997. See, I told you. I, that's pretty yeah. much when they, like, I remember that to, to the to the T is when Corn got famous, all I could see or hear was that fucking Adidas song everywhere. Yeah. You know what I mean? So that, that I'm pretty sure 97, 90, 98, 99, that's when they really started getting getting going. But it's pretty interesting yeah, like, seeing I, them coming out with that album in 94, though. So, Yeah, exactly. And so that was really early. That was, they were really ahead of their time in a way. Uh, but yeah, when we get to talk about 99, I can definitely speak more about that and about my perception of what that time was like. Okay, let but me... Yeah, I mean... Yeah, sorry, good. No, no, I was like, let me name some of these albums, all right, and tell me what you think. Because from 99 I, from or 94? 90, no, this is from 1999, okay? okay? October, where we had this fucking Halloween Havoc pay-per-view that I'm still confused about, okay? <laughs> Here's what we'll be watching, brother, okay? So we have a band that I think they sound really great, even though they're boring as shit live, Opeth. They released their album Still Life, which they're a great okay, band, yeah. okay? Yeah. We have Dream Theater coming back, brother, okay? They released their album, uh, what is it, Metropolis Part 2, okay? Yeah, yeah. We have Incubus coming out here, brother, Make yourself. Okay. Yeah. New metal. Yeah. So yeah. we have the Misfits. They came out with famous monsters. Okay. Mm. Not yeah. a bad I, you know, I didn't I didn't I didn't mind the the Graves guy. You know what I mean? And just think, he's gonna be in uh, uh actually he was already in WCW <laughs> by the time uh, not, not not Michael Graves. Yeah, it wasn't uh well I know there was I thought it was I thought it was only Jerry only and Doyle. That were in a WCW. No, 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 no. They had like the whole crew there, brother. I'm pretty sure it was Michael Graves oh, okay. there too. Because I'm, is, 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 right. is, is, there was one Misfits member who actually ended up dating, um, from the Macho Man, his, his uh, gorgeous George. But I don't remember. No, that's which. Doyle. Doyle took her. It's yeah, yeah. Okay. Doyle is Doyle. I think Doyle might be dating her now. Okay. Because I, I know one Even of them did. She, I didn't know that until she like said it on the Macho Man documentary, but I don't remember which Mether was, but he says Doyle. That makes sense. Um, so we actually have the band Primus, okay? Mm-hmm. One of my favorite ones, coming out with the album Anti-Pop. All right? We have Stone Temple Potters, brother, coming out with number four around this time. We have okay. a- AFI. All right, with one of one of their good albums, All Hollows EP. I mean, come yeah, on, brother. That's when they were still good. Yeah, when they were still good. Yeah. The the Bloodhound Gang. Okay, hooray for boobies around this time, and that's a lot of albums so far. Pretty good. One. And that's true. I'm not that's even done true. yet with the I ones. Do like, yeah. We have Cannibal Corpse. 
okay, with Bloodthirst came yeah, out around this okay. time. And one of the albums that I was surprised about seeing, which I listened to on a semi-daily basis, Behemoth Satanica, or Satanica, came hmm. out around this time too, brother. Yeah, so there was a lot of like, I kind of wasn't listening to, I wasn't thinking about that Cannibal Corpse record. Because yeah. I wasn't really listening to a lot of the death metal at this time. I really don't know what I was listening to when I think back on it because everything, I just remember everything in 99 being pretty shitty because, like, it's almost like, how's a good way to say this? It's almost like, like rap music was huge. Like, hip hop was huge, but not like good hip hop for the most part. It was just like really super commercial hip hop. Um, Well, it's changed. Well, that's true. I mean, I mean, honestly, that's kind of the same shit now. But yeah. um, and new and then like new metal was like the only like rock music that was popular. Well, what's changed? I mean, like if you think about well, it, like especially nowadays. Too. I mean, it, yeah, it's kind anything, of anything. Anything from like late '90s to like early 2000s is like the new thing nowadays. It's like well, it's yeah, like I, the area that it's like the it's like the decade or or whatever that's finally remembered now. Like that, that is the old generation right now is the early nineties to 2005 or something era. Yeah. Like, like, like it just astounds me. Like, like if somebody came up to me tomorrow and said, Oh man, like I really like corn. I'd be like, okay, I could accept that. But like, there's so many people that are like, like kids, like young kids that are like into Limp Biscuit now. And I'm like, what do you see in this? Like it was shit the first time. Like, wh- why? Why do you like this? Just because everybody you know likes it? Like, yeah. But I just remember that shit being huge. I think we've talked about it one time before on WrestleMania 22 or something, maybe. Um, but yeah, every band had a DJ. Yeah, buddy. Like, you know, every band had a DJ. And like, it's kind of funny because some of those bands kind of like tried to cover it up later and pretend they never had a DJ. Like the Deftones. Yeah. Like the Deftones pretends they never had a DJ. He's a keyboard player. And I'm like, okay. Yeah, I remember when he was a DJ. And the same with the guy from uh, Incubus. Although he still, I think, does the DJ thing live. But then he became like the keyboard percussionist guy. Yeah, that's how you change After it. that shit was not cool anymore. <laughs> um, well, what you're but, saying yeah, basically I is yeah. I won the first round. Because all the albums that came out my my month of the year totally kicked your ass. That's true, yeah. So there was some actually some good records came out in '99. That in October of '99, that uh, Cannibal Corpse and Behemoth, yeah. yeah. Come on, brother, Behemoth, yeah. There was a lot of good stuff. That AFI album is good. Yeah, it's Um, like one of the only ones that are actually decent. Well, I mean, actually, I mean, AFI was really good from like say their third record until like their sixth record, and then they just fell off a cliff. I don't know what the fuck happened. Um, but um, I used to be a huge fan of AFI. I've probably seen AFI twenty times. Nice. Um, I haven't seen him live, but time, I just in that time period. Yeah, I was a late, I was a late bloomer with the AFI. Um, but like I, I think this is the, that was the first album I listened to was the um, that one we just talked about the All Hollows Eve one EP one. Yeah. And then uh, yeah, kind of get kind of get one from there. But like you know, it's pretty uh good. You know, the Misfits at this time not as popular as they once were, but I still like. You know, certain Michael Graves uh, misfits or Dario, was it Dario only misfits? Yeah. I like some some of yeah. the ones they came out with. So 
So that lineup was Michael, Michael Graves singing. Okay, that's what I thought. Um, have you ever told my misfit story? He might have. I don't know. Um, about how I, how I almost auditioned to be the singer for the Misfits. Have I ever told that story? No, I don't think you did. What? <laughs> All right, this is a, this is a funny story. It's it's funny. So I in 1994, like when I was playing in my band, like we had to go. I think it was 94. Maybe it was 95. It was the summer of 95. Um, we had to go. We went up to New York City for something, and we were staying there for like three days. And New York City has a has a magazine, a free magazine um, called Village Voice, which is basically you just pick it up on the street corner and it tells you all the things that are going on in New York City, shows, movies you could see, plays you could see, anything. And in the back of it, it has all these ads. So I was a huge Misfits fan. I, I was a huge Misfits fan since I was like 12 or 13 years old. So, um, so I'm, we're there for like, I don't know, like a week maybe. Uh, a few days and I'm looking through the ads in the village voice and and I see this little tiny ad it w- and I say it was like the size of a thumb it was like your thumbnail it was literally that size it was tiny and it had the the misfits crimson skull in it and this is before I knew they were getting back together or anything um so they had the misfits crimson skull in it and a phone number and and I'm and I was talking to my friend who's like the guitar player in my band, and I'm like, the misfits are getting back together. Um, and it did, it did like the ad did mention something about, um, needing a lead singer or something like that. So it had, it had that, the phone number and the crimson skull. And I'm like, I want to do this, but I didn't at the, oh. at the last minute. I just didn't do it. And I mean, obviously, I, I mean, Michael Graves is a fucking hell of a singer, even though I don't particularly like his misfits or like him as a person. He's a great singer, and I would never have won that. But like, it would have been cool to yeah, go out to New yeah. Jersey and sing for the misfits for one day. Yeah, they've been pretty wild. Yeah. Like, you, you know, when they say you regret the things you do, do, don't do more than you regret the things you do. Yeah. I regret not doing that. Like, if I could have got that audition and just sang for the Misfits for a day, that would be fucking great. That would have been, cool. been a story. That would have been the better, better a story than a story I have now. Yeah. Which is still pretty cool, but it would have been cool if I said, yeah, I auditioned to be the Misfits singer. Well, you know, brother, um, just like WCW in 94 and 95, <laughs> we can just fake it, brother. <laughs> Because just like fake just like Ric Flair faked his retirement, uh, technically twice. You know what I mean? <laughs> just go with the story that you did, and uh, you were runner-up to Michael Graves. That's how we're gonna look right. at it. Right? Yeah, he, yeah. I was I was second in line. Yeah, almost had it, brother. But he <laughs> see the thing is he had more uh, he had more makeup on hand than you did, so that's why he, he got did. the gig. He did. So. He did, and he's he's yeah. taller. I believe yeah. it on that. Exactly. He uh, he he had a little bit more connections with the filthy animals than you did so. that's true that's true so uh before we get we're almost close to the review but i just want to talk about something that's fun that we don't talk about too much is 90s horror movies okay yes so the the ones that came around 1999 boy are they rough okay i just want to talk about mine first because boy you if i beat you in the music you were killing me on the movies so the <laughs> okay. movies that we i we have here for october of 1999 in the horror realm is yeah. we have one movie that's not bad. It's a remake. It's the remake of House on the Haunted Hill. 
Okay. Okay. Yeah, that's Which, not too bad. This one I heard it wasn't too bad. You know what I mean? I I haven't seen this one personally myself, so I can't say if it's great or not. But I've heard it's actually not bad for a remake. Uh, then we had this random movie called Bats, which has to be spelled upside down for some reason. I guess because yeah, like uh, yeah. yeah, it has um, uh, Lou, uh, not Lou Gossett Jr., uh, Lou Diamond Phillips. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, Bats is a good So we have a bunch of, uh, 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 <laughs> a bunch of prequels over here, too. <laughs> okay. I got right. Dust from Dawn 3. Nice. Okay. <laughs> I was like, fuck, we're already at number three. Okay. Uh-huh. <laughs> I think I stopped after number one. Come and yes. see the Teddy Show. I love that movie. Yeah, number one is the only one you need to watch yeah. in that for sure. Warlock three. Warlock three, fantastic. That'd be a Julian fun one. Sands. To, yeah, that'd be a fun one to talk about. And then the one that caught me off uh, caught me off guard was Children of the Corn six 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 Isaac Return Brother. <laughs> Oh, he's back, brother. <laughs> Just like Jason comes back, brother, we got Isaac coming back, brother. He's here. He's back. Just take my that, money, it's brother. It's not even a... What a long-ass title. Children <laughs> of the Corn. Not Children of the Corn 6. It's Children of the Corn 666. Isaac Returns. Isaac Returns, brother. Just so, take my money. What, wow. I mean, fuck. Does it have like, the same guy playing Isaac in it? It, play, it looks like it some, yeah, some old dude. Movie? Yeah, I'm pretty sure, yeah. Just coming back. That's, that's fucking great. So, 94 actually good. has some pretty good ones, uh, mostly just two, okay? But they're two great okay. ones. So, 94 actually has Pumpkinhead 2, Blood yeah. Wings. Blood Wings, right. Which is a yeah. great fucking movie. I wish we could have done mm-hmm. that one on the Retro Blood, all right? Well, but obviously, it's maybe, in the 90s. But maybe we will on uh, Lights Out one day. That's true. We could do it on this show, but I could sure. do whatever we want. And then exactly. we have uh, a movie I haven't seen, but it looks pretty... Uh, 90s uh, uh, fun. Young Blood Fresh Meat. It's like a vampire movie. I haven't seen that. Yeah, I haven't seen that. And then, of course, we have probably the number one seller of October for the horror movies at the time. We have Wes Craven's New Nightmare. Came out. Oh, yeah. Polarizing polarizing Nightmare on Elm Street movie. Um, I particularly like it. A lot of people don't, though. I don't like it. Really? Why? Because it's too. I just oh god! So no, no, man. I just I just wasn't getting into it. That's probably a, that would be a pretty good one for us to do on the lights out because we've done the Freddy movies, yeah. obviously, in the Retro Blood. Those are our first series that we did. Everybody check it out in the archives. We did all the Freddy's nineteen eighties movies, but there was yep. a, I was trying. So I was uh, one little behind the scenes stuff. I was actually you know on the Retro Blood YouTube page. I'm trying to do a bunch of Retro Blood shorts. And one yeah. of the movies I picked out was uh, Wes Craven's New Nightmare. I was watching and stuff, and I just, I don't know, man, it just bored the shit out of me. I didn't even finish it yet. Yeah, well, I mean, it's the one where it's about, like, they, um... Yeah, it's all, um, like, fourth wall shit. Like, oh, it's we, fourth wall shit, we played yeah, you in like the movie, the... but now I'm be really being haunted and shit. Like, okay. Oh, and then, like, she has to go by her real name. I'm like, oh, God, who booked this? Vince Russo? <laughs> who booked it? Uh-huh. <laughs> I mean, I think it was like at least something interesting to, for them to do with that series instead of the same old shit they were doing. And it kind of made it scary again a little bit. Yeah. But you're right. It is yeah. a little bit boring. It just takes a while for, I don't know. I mean, I have to like mm-hmm. give it maybe more and more of my attention. You know what I mean? Maybe watch it in like a better mood or something. Like I'll, because you know, yeah. sometimes you got to watch things in a new light, which I, you that's know, true. Not everything, 
But sometimes you gotta watch stuff in a new light. Like there's no <laughs> way I'm watching Halloween Resurrection in a new light because that shit's so fucking sucked. Okay. No. Yeah. So, yeah. So there's different things. So, but anyway, but everybody, that's a little nice little like history of what was happening in two of our favorite categories. We like to talk about horror movies and metal at the time. But let's get into it, brother. It's time. It's time to battle these out. <clears throat> so, Allison, but <clears throat> before we battle them out, I just want to cut a little promo on you, brother. All right. Because this is battling the Halloween Havocs, brother. And I picked 1999. Yes, right. You know, my, my roster, brother, don't got no bunkhouse guy on there, brother. All right? No, no, it doesn't. Yeah, I don't got no honky-tonk man on them, on that roster, brother. Uh-huh. Unfortunately for you, you don't. All right, brother. I don't got no so I don't got no holds. I got storylines over here, brother. You want swerves? I got it. You want tits? No, you, you got You want tits, bro? I got uh, the tits, brother. Okay. Went, that's for, that's that's well. You want some tension got, between the groups? I, well, that's right. You got you got a little ass at the end of the scene. That that's great. We got a little ass. No, you don't got no tits on there, brother. Okay? That's true. And that's true. guess what? When my flair goes to the desert and gets buried, guess what? He actually does retire for more months than yours did. There you go, okay, brother. Okay, good point. Good point. So, so we so when we start this off, so both of these have nine full matches. Yes. Because one of your matches is only 3 seconds long and we'll talk about it, but I don't really think it's fair for you if we count that. No, especially going up against your main event. <laughs> yeah, especially going up against my main uh-huh. event. But um so we have to settle Match number one. So match number one of my show. Well, do you want me to tell them or do you want to tell them? Do you want me to tell them? Well, so what we do? What, what do we? What are we doing right now? So, so we have to. So we're gonna we're gonna oh, do we're like, doing we some rules. Do we, well, okay. Well, we can talk about the rules, and then right. um, then we have to throw the rules out the window for this first match. But then we'll go back to the rules again. Okay. And I'll explain why the first match is different. Um, and and, and as when we get there. Go ahead. Oh, okay. Let me explain now. Okay. So the difference between the, the the problem with that we have with my show is there was one untelevised match. Yes. However, so we couldn't actually watch it. Um, you know what's weird about we that, though? Inc- what? Like, your untelevised match, both of those guys were on my show. <laughs> uh, no, only one of them was. Brad Armstrong wasn't on mine? Brian Armstrong is Road Dog. Oh, oh, I thought yours was was, uh, Brad Armstrong. No. That that first match that we couldn't watch is Brad. It's Brian. Brian, gotcha. It's just Road Dog. So this was right before he became Road Dog. Gotcha. So so I'll explain why I should win this when we get to there. But I'll I'll make my case, and then you can make your case for years that we could actually watch but what are the rules going to be, though? Okay, so everybody, <clears throat> kind of like how we did last year, <clears throat> the way that we do this battle <clears throat> is we go match by match, and we compare the two matches from, from the show to each other. So the way we're going to judge it is by, like, crowd reaction. <clears throat> all right, if the match, you know, kept our attention, all right, and then mm-hmm. the, uh, uh, you know, just like the style of the match. So we're going for crowd reaction. If it kept if it kept our attention, and then the style of the match. If it, if it was exciting, if it fit really well with the show. Yep. 
Okay, sounds good to me. So that's that's how we do it. And of course, you know, there's a lot of like uh, segments and storylines which we'll talk about as well too. Um, mine had a lot more than Allison's did. But the, how mm-hmm. we'll do it is we'll we'll go with the uh, the interviews and the backstage segments. Then we'll do the match, and then I'll have Allison go with his, and then we'll compare the two matches, and then. You know, we'll just we'll, me and him will figure out. We'll we'll agree or disagree. We'll figure it out, and we'll give each other a point. So we're we're very we're very uh, biased over here. So we'll, we won't uh, you know just love every match that we, that we have on there. <sighs> so, but I said let's do it. How about since your pay per view aired first? Okay. Yeah. We'll do your opening segment and match, and then we'll compare it to mine. Okay, so basically the opening match on my pay-per-view was that untelevised one, so we couldn't actually watch it. Yes. So that match was Booker T with Stevie Ray in his corner who um, pinned um, Brian Armstrong. So Brian Armstrong became Road Dogs. So this is before he went to WWF. Um, in um, Just in a singles match to open up the show. Okay. So like I said, I can't speak a lot about it. Um you know, uh, the crowd probably wasn't insane for this because Booker T was just was not the big star that he would become. And Brian Armstrong was just Brad Armstrong's brother at this point. Um, so I don't really have a lot to say about this particular match. Um, so there's probably more you can say about your match if you yeah. want to talk about that. So, but which is crazy. So how about, you know, since we're not doing my event, how about we both get like half a point? How about that? Half a point. I think that I should automatically win simply because Disco Inferno was in your match. Hold on, brother, because I really <laughs> wanted to battle Disco Inferno, okay, versus the Hunky Talk Man. Because these matches were yeah. almost identical, which is crazy. Even though I think I think uh, my match, the well, Disco one, was a lot more entertaining than the Hunky Talk Man, uh, all right, versus fucking uh, the future Mark Merrow. All right? But we'll see. Well... Yeah, but your second match though is really good, and yeah. would easily be my second match in most cases. Okay, well, let's see. I'm going to have to make a case for that match number two. Okay, well, we'll 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 see. So, so my show basically starts off okay with we got a couple of promote promotional packages, and we yeah. see that the two big main events is going to be Goldberg and Sid, and then Hogan and Sting. Okay, are the mm-hmm. two big matches for tonight. Okay. And we start off, and you know what's funny? Um, my commentary team and your commentary team was the same. Yes. Okay. Tony Schiavone, all right, and Bobby the Brain Heenan. Of course, yours, yours, let's, okay, let's just be honest though. Uh, I'll give you this one. Okay. You get a point for this. Your time, your, your Bobby the Brain Heenan and Tony Schiavone was way more lively. Okay. Mine was like, yeah. why are we still working here? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Did, you, <laughs> rough. did you see, have you ever, on the on an early episode of the AEW uh, podcast, I don't know if you listened to it, mm-hmm. he talks about how, like, when Tony Schiavone talks about how he, when he came back from WWE to go back to WCW, yeah. he basically wanted to kill himself every day yeah. when, he, when he went into work. But, yeah, they, by, the, by 99, they definitely did not want to be there anymore. Yeah. Um, so refresh my memory. Um, so your pay-per-view in 99, is this the same month that Russo and Ferrara got there? Yes. Yeah. They, they've already, I, they've yeah. kind of already been there. 
And the whole storyline with them is like the powers to be. So yes. we did. Yeah. It, it wasn't said on TV. Hey, here's Vince Russo and Ed Ferraro. No, it was just at this particular time. They were just known as the powers to be. And we did hear a couple. Oh, the writers from New York. All yeah. Right? So we're getting we're getting that going on at the time. It was kind of like how they did the. Um, I was going to say the anonymous GM, but no, this is like, this is just basically, you would hear like Vince Russo's voice when he would be the powers to be guy. But you know, at the time, mm-hmm. nobody knew what he sounded like because he was always behind the scenes on the WWF. It wasn't until he actually came out on TV all the time where we actually figured out what his voice was and who he was. And he kind of built himself like a little character in his way. So Yeah. So this is at this point where they shooting, um, they used to do this thing where they would have like they were sitting at a table and they would shoot whoever the whatever yeah. wrestler they were talking to, and then you could hear Vince Russo talking. Yes, but you couldn't see their faces. Yeah. Yes, and then they would have the Harris brothers do their bidding yeah, whenever and, they needed um, something done. Yeah, and Kurt Henning was one of the guys that did. And Kurt Henning, yeah. Yes. And because uh, Medusa comes out and she says she calls them the superpowers. Yeah. And then Tony corrects her and says the powers that be. Yes. Which makes me think that this was that's what made me think that it was pretty new to all of them. Yeah, it's um, pretty yeah, they they're, they're, they're pretty yeah. they're pretty fresh and new at this time. <clears throat> so we find out first off that um Ray and Conan, okay, they have won the mm-hmm. world tag belts, okay? But they're actually gonna be stripped of the belts because Ray hurt his leg. So Ron Mac, we're just stripping these guys quick. We're not gonna let him heal. You know what I mean? We're not gonna like, oh, you broke your ankle and your ligaments. Oh, we're not gonna give up the uh, the tag belts. We're gonna have you beat uh, the righteous team uh, for two on one. Oh, no, not here, brother. Not in WCW. You hurt your leg for a second. You're stripped. Okay. Right. So we find out at the beginning of the show, and then of course this is when we had the first match: Disco Inferno versus Lash Larue. And Allison, I just want to mm. ask you a little question: Did you were you ever a big fan of Lash or Larue? Um, I thought he was okay. I mean, I yeah. was never a huge fan, but I was never a huge fan, no. But I thought he was a decent wrestler. I mean, a decent cruiserweight wrestler. Yeah, me too. I actually thought he was like, because I remember watching him when I was a youngster. And I was like, you know what? This guy, not too bad. You know what I mean? Very solid. Uh, like you were saying, really good uh, cruiserweight style wrestler. And uh, I do remember him later on going into the uh, the MIA, the Misfits in Action. And I can't yep. remember what his name is. Like Corporal something. It was his name or something. I was I was gonna ask because I can't remember. Yeah, what it was his like name Corporal was. something. But you uh, know, he did, I'm surprised he didn't like go to TNA and like you know, because he actually had some pretty decent uh, personality. So, and of course we have uh, the one and only Disco Inferno, very polarizing character. Uh, but yeah. uh, you know, Glenn Glenn Gilberti, Glenn Gilberti, brother, Mister Strip yeah. Club himself. Um, yep. So you know. Actually, I was pretty surprised about this match because the crowd was actually pretty into it. And it was actually a pretty hot match for them at this particular time. And I didn't mind the Disco character. I think around this time, he's already been part of the uh, NWO. And that's, the whole NWO stuff has pretty much gone at this time. You know, we're, we're, we're having some hints of bringing it back. And this is the period where, like, Disco was actually trying, like, doing some pretty solid cruiserweight uh, wrestling matches at this time and of course later on down the road once Eddie Guerrero, Perry Son and all them leave he actually will join up with the mis- with the uh, filthy animals 
So this is kind of like his like little like period where he's actually just having some pretty good cruiserweight matches. So I put in my notes, good match. Um, I thought the crowd was good in this match. I was pretty entertained by this particular match. And this style that they were working for, I actually thought it was a really good opener. So I'm going to give this uh, an endorsement all right, for me to win the first round of matches. Okay. Match. Well, I mean, I will concede for uh, both of us to get half a point if you want to do that. Yeah, we'll It's just, just hard half. for me to... It's hard for me to concede anything that has Disco Inferno in it. Um, okay, it's so, just difficult. But let's for me compare to do that. it. To, so now, now start off with yours. Let's see how we can compare okay. with the with the Honky Man. I have to do the notes well, here. so if we do that though, then we're going to be off by a match. Well, how many matches was your show in total? Nine. Okay. Well, no, I only have ten matches on mine. Is, is yours nine plus yeah. the dark match? Yes. Oh, okay, gotcha, gotcha. Um, and then yours yours was nine plus the three second match. Okay, that's fine. Well, we'll just do it like that. So let's see. Okay, so wait. I mean we, we can't really okay, how about we both get half a point? Okay, I'll get a half a point for the disco, you get half a point for the uh for this for the Booker T versus um Brian Armstrong match. How about we do that? Just to make okay. Because I mean, because you're gonna, you're probably gonna win this second match anyway. Like I don't really see how, how my second match, which is Honky Tonk Man and Johnny B Bad, is gonna beat your second match. Okay. Um. So, so let's talk about yours. So you go first with the, the okay. build up, the build up to your Honky Tonk match. Um. So I didn't really get a lot of build up out of this. Basically, um. Johnny B. Bad is kind of new at this point. I'm thinking like he's not, uh, you know, he's definitely a low. Um, I mean, I guess he's, I guess he's like low. I guess you would call him low card. I was going to call him mid card, but he's probably not. Mid-card. He's a good opening act. He's a good opening act. Yeah. And, you know, he, he, he exists because Dusty Rose loved little Richard and he thought Mark Merrill looked like little Richard, which he did. Which he kind of did, version, yeah. I guess. <laughs> a jacked version of Little Richard, and then he made him get as tan as he could possibly get, <laughs> so he could look like uh, Little Richard. And then on that other side, we so he's the also the television champion at this point. Yeah. So, um, and he on the other side of this of the ring, we have him facing a end of his career, endish of his career, we'll say, honky tonk man of now, all people. Of all people. Now, I did not expect that turning on 1994. <laughs> to see Honky Tonk Man? Yeah. I think it makes perfect sense because yeah. he would be someone that Vince would be done with probably because he got done with all those guys, right? I mean, Macho yeah. went, like all those guys went. A lot of these guys on this show. That's like 95 were, a lot too. Yeah, 95. Like 94, 95, a lot of those w- old WWF guys left and then they were, because they were doing the new generation stuff at this point, right? Or yep. they were about to. No, they were. So, you know, sh- they were, yeah. Shawn Michaels and Bret Hart with a new hot thing, and nobody cares about yep. Honky Tonk Man anymore. Diesel, uh, Razor Ramon, hot. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All that stuff was super hot. So Honky Tonk Man is a good wrestler that people would recognize that you can use to put over your new hot shit talent, uh, Mark Marrow. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry for me to say that was a straight face. Um, Come on. He was actually I pretty mean, entertaining. I, I like Honky Tonk Man. Oh yeah, 
personally. I mean, he's not, <laughs> he sound like you say that with such disbelief. <laughs> I was never a big fan of honky tonk. Not that it's a fucking. Corny. Do you like Jerry Lawler? They're basically the same wrestler. Okay, the only thing I like was when Jerry Lawler called him his cousin. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, he is his cousin. Yes, that 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 um, that that's fun because you're wrote from Memphis and shit. I get it. But yeah. this whole Elvis ripper, I just thought it sucked. <laughs> <laughs> this match sucked too. Okay, come on now, brother. But he's not singing anymore. He's not singing that's anymore, true. and he's not wearing Elvis stuff. He's dressed in the singlet like Jerry Lawler, and he wrestles like Jerry Lawler here, where he's like doing the um, axe handle off the off the ring apron. And, um, I mean, I don't, I, I could not possibly say the crowd was really into this, but it was, I mean, they were seeing a, a, a face that they knew, um, and, and the match was decent. Um, the ending sucked cause it went to a time limit draw. Yes. This thing went the full 10 minutes. Unbelievably. This thing went 10 minutes long. Um, so Johnny B bad kept his title. Um, the honky tonk man fought him to a time limit draw. I guess they couldn't. I guess Honky wouldn't uh, wouldn't uh, wouldn't wouldn't job for Mark Mero yet at this point. Not yet, brother. <laughs> it didn't work for him, brother. <laughs> Don't work for me, brother. So, so uh, that's <clears throat> that's what I have to say about it. What, what's your what's your thoughts? Uh, I mean, this your this your match. I thought totally sucked. But let's get to, let's get to some. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just I couldn't do it. I could. I'm sorry. I just couldn't do it. So with mine yeah, now, your match. So mine, the buildup is we got so okay. Everybody, there's going to be a lot more segments <laughs> in my yeah. show than there is going to be in uh, Allison's show because of the, uh, the 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 bookers, the writers, the writers. Okay, the was the powers the be, writers, brother. Yeah, fuck, brother. There's so many segments in here. I'm like, fuck. It's like half the show. So we see there's problem in the revolution. So the revolution at this mm-hmm. time is basically. Chris Benoit, Dean, Dean Maleko, Perry Saturn, and Shane Douglas. Half of them, which would go to the F, like, like about three months later. Three I was about to say, it wouldn't be long. It wouldn't be long. It's not long, brother. So they're having problems right now with uh, Dean and Chris having problems with Perry. So we see a little backstage video of that. And uh, um, they're going to they're gonna show Saturn, you know, he can stick everything up his ass. That's what Dean Maleko said. Okay. Right. And then we get a great uh, interview from Harlem Heat. Yes, they're not on the pre-show on my show. They're on the fucking second match. Main show. The main yeah. show. So we have an interview with Harlem Heat about the tag team match. And they're going to be facing off with the first family. Okay. Which, mm-hmm. wait till you hear who the fuck this team is. Okay. <laughs> and it's going to be a... And, and the Filthy Animals. So you're thinking... And I was thinking too. So wait a minute. They just said they, they stripped the Filthy man- Animals of the belts. Well, I'll get there soon, brother. I'll get there. And they're going to be fighting in an Anything Goes match. And I just like it when Stevie Ray said, we're going to get all these fat fruit booties. <laughs> yes. Okay. So then we have our match. The match is going to be a, uh, a three-way tag team match with the tag team championships on the line. Uh, like I said, we stripped Conan and Ray of the belts. Okay, so but now we're gonna be they're putting the belts up for grabs. So we have the first family who consists of Hugh Morris and fucking Brian Nobbs with Jimmy Hart, yeah. and they all come out in Halloween mask. Okay. Then we have Harlem Heat, which is a great fucking team. And then we yes. have the filthy animals, but the filthy animals are consistent of Conan and Kidman. And of course, they're mm-hmm. wearing the belts out that they got stripped of. 
Yes, so they didn't take him <laughs> away from him, apparently. Yes. And then at this time, Kidman, he's doing a whole video cam gimmick where he's like video camming mm-hmm. everybody. And I'm pretty sure this is like because, you know, he was dating that hot Tory girl at the time. And I'm pretty yep. sure they were trying to build up an angle to do like a Tommy Lee and Pamela, Pamela Anderson type of video where they're going to show Kidman oh, fucking I didn't, her. I didn't even think of that. I didn't yeah. think of that, but I think you're probably right because yeah. that was real big around this time. Yeah. So that makes that, um, that's what I was thinking about because you know you know you know Vince <clears throat> he liked to add a, like a lot of like you know scandalous stuff to his programming you know what I mean yeah and yeah. like I could that's what that's right I don't think that I don't think that videotape stuff I think it I think it did go somewhere but I can't exactly remember what it was I think it showed like somebody fucking Tory that wasn't Kidman. Okay, I think that's what the the end okay. storyline of that that videotape things. I just can't necessarily remember who it was, and this did kind of lead eventually to the to Allison's favorite match of all time, Viagra on a pole. Oh yes, I forgot yes. about that Viagra on a pole. Yes, yes. Who that, booked that? that lead, shit? Yeah, who booked we know, that? We know, we know. So, so I'm just gonna say a couple of things. So Hugh Morris. I was a fan of his, and I actually really liked when he was later on when he would do the whole MIA stuff, and he was fighting Landstorm for the U.S. belt that happened around 2000. I always fucking hated mm-hmm. Brian Knobs. I hate the Nasty Boys. I think they fucking suck. I think they're boring. The only thing they're good at is just hardcore matches, and they're barely good at that yeah. to begin with. Okay. So I like the Nasty Boys a little more than you do. Um, where was Jerry Sags in this? The other Nasty Boy. I have no idea. He was probably just fucking um, getting cocaine or something out there. Because, you know, Ryan Knobs <laughs> is here because he was Hogan's boy. That's the only reason they ever got booked anywhere yeah. because they were fucking Hogan's boys. Yeah, he still goes. Uh, um, I watched a YouTube video of a guy who went to a Hogan, Hulk Hogan um, <clears throat> uh, signing at the Hogan's Beach House or whatever. Like he does it like a few times a year. And uh, Brian Knobs was at that just because he's still Hogan's boy. But yeah. yeah, they've been friends forever. Ever. I don't know why. You know, it's one of those things. I mean, maybe he's just a cool dude. I don't know. Um, I mean, he but, might yeah, be a cool the, dude in real life. I just didn't like the wrestling style with the whole armpit shit and his fucking rat tail yeah. fucking mullet. It's just boring. I, I just didn't. Yeah. I wasn't a big Nasty Boys guy. Okay. I, I didn't like him then, but I like him a little bit better now. But yeah, basically, it's weird for me to see Hugh Morris in that group because I think of him more as like a singles wrestler. So I guess he broke out of this. Yeah, he uh, eventually did break out of it and become like a um, singles guy. Yeah, so basically this the group at this time consisted of Barbarian, Jerry Flynn, not Jerry Lynn, Jerry Flynn, yeah, Flynn. Brian Nobbs, and Hugh Morris. The only thing I know about Jerry Flynn's that time where he was walking back and he said fuck on camera and he like, looked really shocked. <laughs> um, <laughs> the only thing I know about him at all is basically he's He's like a martial arts type wrestler. Yeah, that's kind of like a it. Steve Blackman type of deal. Yeah, exactly. And he was in New Japan for a little bit. I mean, that's about. That's about I couldn't. I can't even think of what he looks like. Yeah. So this match um, was okay. This actually was pretty good. Yeah. Like a lot of hardcore shit going on. People breaking tables, yeah. fighting people. But the like the fucking ending was fucking weird as shit. So we have Booker T and Stevie Ray fighting knobs uh, and Hugh Morris in the back. Okay, mm-hmm. and Stevie Ray hits, I believe it's uh, Brian Knobs with a mummy. Okay, <laughs> yes, and he picks about that. He, he picks up the, the mummy, and he picks up the win, <laughs> and then the referee counts to three, and then while he's winning, the other guys like uh, 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 Conan and um, 
and Kidman, <laughs> they're still fighting in the ring, okay? <laughs> yeah. And um, <laughs> they're still fighting the ring, and then they and the referee just comes in there and stops everything, and then Conan uh, hurts his shoulder. And he hurts it so bad that he needs to get uh, rushed out to the hospital. So just for the uh, the match pin alone with the mummy, I'm going to have to mm. uh, beat your little honky-tonk man guy. Yeah, I would I will concede. Even though this that. is your all match, fucked up though. Did you imagine like basically what happened was us at home, all right, everybody yeah. watched a pinfall happen and then everybody in the arena is didn't see the, anything at all. And then when the referee no. comes in here saying, Hey, they won, they're like, What the fuck just happened? Like, what? <laughs> <laughs> so there's no like um there yeah. So basically the um announcers are talking about it, but nobody in the arena can see it. Yes. Yeah, and it's just like nothing is happening. It's just like, yeah. yeah. And they so come there, the and they're like, hey, they won. And they're like, what that. the fuck? Because like Kidman was about to like do a, like a, get a pinfall, and then yeah. it just didn't happen. So, so, um, so yes, you definitely get a point for that. So we'll give me my little point for that match. Mm-hmm. So now I'm one and a half, and you're a half. So, okay, so what do we got next for your next matchup and build? All right, so um, I also don't know why this match is happening, <laughs> but it is the tag team of Pretty Wonderful, which consisted of Mr. Wonderful Paul Orndorff and Paul and Pretty Paul Roma. Those guys took on Stars and Stripes, which consisted oh. of the Patriot and Buff Bagwell. Fuck, bro, you might win this one because I love Stars and Stripes, <laughs> brother. These guys were fucking great. That is not what I thought you would say. The Patriot, and, brother? Um, <laughs> the Patriot? He'd be there no, in 97. The and he fucking buff yeah, back well. Oh, I thought these guys were so great. Like, just baby faces, you know what I mean? Jacked. Oh, yeah. They're you know super, I mean? Tan. super baby faces. Super baby faces. You know faces. what I mean? Fuck. Marcus. And, and by the way, it's Marcus Alexandra Bagwell. Thank you. Oh, yeah. He's not buff yet. He's yeah. not buff the stuff yet. Not yet, he's brother. still Marcus Alexandra Bagwell. Yeah, I have the buff one. He, he's, okay. Yeah, he looks like a kid, like a little kid almost, like a teenager. <laughs> he probably um, was. <laughs> he probably was. And then we had uh, Paul Orndorff. Any Paul Orndorff match is good, in my opinion. Like the guy really can do no wrong. Oh yeah, I'm, I don't really know, honestly, know a lot about Paul Roma. I mean, he was fine in this match, but I don't know a lot about him. I mean, the um, only thing I know what he had that he had that stripe st- stars and stripes team. Okay, mm-hmm. and he was part of the Horsemen for a little bit, and everybody hated it. And that was about it. That's the only thing I know. But about yes. It. So basically, this match happened because it happened. It was for the tag team championships, which Stars and Stripes were the uh, were the um, they were the champions going into it. Um, the um, the titles did change hands, though. Um, oh, so pretty wonderful. It beat Stars and Stripes. Um, Buff, ha- or, excuse me, Marcus Alexander Bagwell. Um, he hit a suplex on Orndorff um, as he went for the cover. The referee's back was turned, and this and let Paul Roma hit Bagwell with an elbow at the top rope, and Orndorff covered Bagwell, and then that's how they won. Okay. So how was the crowd? How was your excitement? Give me the three categories. Um, the crowd was okay. Like, they weren't going nuts or anything. But then the end of my show, the crowd was, like, on fire. So it's hard to compare – these early matches with what would happen later. But I mean, it was okay. I mean, they, they were not like going nuts for this, but by the time the match ended with the, uh, the screw job and everything, they were, they were, they were pretty upset that the uh, Patriot was getting screwed because he's like super American. 
And um, they were kind of into it by the end. This match went 13 minutes long. Um, so this was a long match for this, I think. Um, the ending, I think the ending was good. I really liked the screw job ending. Um, which criteria did I miss? Oh, I just if, if it kept your attention. Oh, it kept attention. Yeah, it was good. It kept my attention, yes. Okay. So with mine, um, I have a shit ton of backstage shit. Like, did you have any mm-hmm. backstage stuff leading up to your match or just honky tonk? Nope. Then it just went to this match. Honky tonk. And then okay. these guys came out. All right, brother. I got your feel. If you like promos and shit, I got you. <laughs> so right now we see, we see Ric Flair and we see David Flair live with the crowbar. I'm like, oh boy, what's going on over here? So then <laughs> we have DDP and he comes out with yes. his hot ass wife at the time, Kimberly. Okay. Mm-hmm. And DDP is a heel at this time. And I thought that was weird. Yes. Well, I remember his heel run. He was actually heel for a pretty long period of time. Um, so they're talking about Ric Flair. So basically, okay, so here's what happened. So Kimberly invited David Flair to her hotel room for some sex. Okay. Yeah. And she did that to trick him, supposedly. But mm-hmm. they sw- so it was a swerve. But then. But then Ric Flair swerved them because he showed up. And because he's Ric Flair, he spanked her 14 times. Okay. In the yeah. She was, she was going to drug him, right? She was going to drug him. Yeah. They David were going to drug him. Yeah. She was going to drug him and probably, you know, but, do some yeah. stuff to get to Ric Flair. But Ric Flair got there because he knows how to party and he spanked her 14 times. Okay. Yes. So with the whole interview, so, hold on. The whole, hold on. The whole interview, though, with okay, DDP was like, it's like a nature boy. You had this hot piece of ass, and all you did was spank it. And I was just thinking, well, what do you want to do, fuck her? I'm like, what? <laughs> I was like, okay. Right, right. So what were you going to say? You have some questions for me, brother? No, I was going to say that it's weird. It's just odd that – so when I thought – so, okay, so I remember this. Like, I yeah. remember watching this, and I remember this angle, but I don't. Re- I didn't remember anything about it. Like, I, I, if before I watched it, if you'd asked me about it, I wouldn't remember it at all. I do remember this, but, like, watching it, it's weird because I, I thought for sure that DDP would be the face. No. Because the way they describe like Ric Flair, like the way he was and the way he's like spanking Tampa Kimberly. And yeah. I was like, oh, DDP must be the face because he's defending his wife yeah. who was assaulted by Ric Flair. But no, Ric Flair is the face. Yes. Because this, <laughs> this is, this this is WCW, brother. <laughs> you know, we're going to have this girl who, who, was wanting to do some adultery on her husband. Yeah. <laughs> okay. By drugging up this well, young guy. She wasn't really going to do it. She just told David yeah. she was. So basically this leads to DDP and Flair going to have a strap match. And then basically yes. DDP is like, he's going to strap his ass all night long, brother. Yeah. I was like, what yeah. am I So watching? this wasn't on the card. So when yes. originally this was not going to happen. So when we, uh, when you bought WCW Halloween Havoc 99, yeah. this was not one of the matches that you knew about. Exactly, brother. It's Here we go. So now we have Goldberg. He's looking for Sid in the back. Mm-hmm. And then now we see a uh, Filthy Animals interview. And we heard that Conan's going to the hospital. And we have, yeah. I believe it was uh, Mike Tanay talking to Eddie Guerrero. And Eddie Guerrero was saying, hey, check out my new Rolex. And he's like, well, why didn't you steal that from Ric Flair? He's like, no, I didn't. What the hell are you talking about? So we're seeing that uh, <laughs> Flair has a lot of uh, uh, 
people who's against him right now. We had the Filthy Animals against Ric Flair, and we have DDP against Ric Flair at this time as well. And uh, Eddie Guerrero was basically showing off his watch. He's like, don't ask stuff about Filthy Animals. That's our business. And uh, I'm about to have my match with Saturn up here next. So that's the next mm-hmm. match we are going against. It's going to be Saturn versus Eddie Guerrero. All right. Eddie, yep. Eddie has his the Rolex watch on. Okay. And I like how he he actually goes up to uh, Bobby Heaton. He's like, I only, I only trust you with my watch. I said, okay. And uh, I was just watching this and I was just like, you know, I was doing, I was like, when did these guys go to fucking WWE? You know what I mean? Like, cause you, it's, this is October 24th, 1999. They, you know, when they actually debut for WWF, uh, January 31st, 2000. So we're only yeah. like, we're only like three months away from this. I was about to say, crazy. At, at one point, Benoit wins the title, right? And he yeah. throws it in the garbage. And no, then don't he doesn't. Leave, I don't like, think he right throws it. He doesn't throw it in the garbage. Like he, he gives it. Well, no, he doesn't he do gives anything. Gives it back to Arn Anderson. Tells him. He, I thought he told him he didn't want it or something like that. I don't think so. I mean, you could be right, but I remember. I thought it was just like he taps out Sid, and then Sid's foot mm. or something was like kind of like underneath the bottom rope. Just yeah. they, they did that just in case they got an out. And then, like, basically, Benoit just left, and they said, "Well, Benoit left, and we got the title up for grabs, so we'll just do a tournament." I think it was something like that. Well, uh, there was a there was a thing on Nitro the next day when and he's talking to Arn and Arn says, "Hey, you know, I didn't see Sid's because Benoit's pissed okay. off because he didn't really win. He should have not tapped tapped him out yeah. because his foot was breaking the plane of the Sid's foot was breaking the plane of the rope. And then he um he was and Arn he he was mad at Arn about it and Arn said, "Hey, I didn't see it. You know, you're right. I sh- I shouldn't have ended the match." Um, and then I remember Benoit, obviously this is storyline. This is not like shoot, but like, I remember Benoit saying they didn't want the title or something like that because he didn't earn it. And he, and he wanted to, he wanted to win it in a real match. And, and he gave the title back to Arn and then he was pretty much gone after that. Okay. Like, I I don't remember him ever being on the show again, but I, but that's just a memory that I have from you know, more than 20 years ago. So it could yeah. be, it could definitely be wrong. <clears throat> yeah. I'm still a little rusty in my, uh, 1999 going to 2000 <clears throat> WCW mm. drama. So, but this match actually was pretty great. You know, we have Eddie Guerrero and Saturn. They both work well together. Um, we did have Ric Flair show up. He, uh, came, came and, uh, had a disqualification for this match. He hit, uh, yeah. Eddie in the ribs of the crowbar. Uh, Kid- Kidman comes out with Tori, uh, Flair, uh, punches a kidman and he starts dancing around Tori like he wants to fuck her and he kisses her like he like forces kisses her and then she likes it brother mm-hmm. Ric Flair goes out there forces a kiss on you brother and you're gonna like it and she likes it <laughs> so then uh, Ric Flair leaves I like I like this part though Ric, <clears throat> Ric Flair he leaves right and then he comes back because he forgot his watch <laughs> and then he leaves <laughs> <laughs> so so this match is good, but like you know, mm. crowd reaction was fine, especially when Flair got out there. But like, I can't. Yeah, I got to get this one to you because yours actually had a full match and finish, and, and I can't give okay. a disqualification any points. Even though two great wrestlers between Star and Eddie, but this is more like a gimmick match. Like this is more like a storyline match than it is like a world tag team title change. So I'm gonna have to give it to you. All right. So, and so we're talking I'll, and I will and I will take that point because what we've got coming up is going to be a little bit hard for me to justify. 
All right. Well, what do we, we got next, see. brother? What do we got? What do we got, Austin? Well, so, what we got next is uh, <laughs> uh, this is so hard for me to say with a straight face. Um, so, we have um, Kevin Sullivan, who we've talked about before, the yes. warlock, um, who fought Dave Sullivan. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> Dave Sullivan, I want to talk about Dave Sullivan for is a minute. Is that really his brother? I did not. I, no, not in real life. Okay. He was a he was a, he was a, just a different guy. Um, I did not know who Dave Sullivan was until I I watched the show. I had never heard of this guy in my entire life. Um, I do want to talk about him a minute. He, um, oh my God, how can we say this? So this show is going to be so lights out. It has no rules, and this part of the show is going to be a little bit uh, not politically correct. Um, and I'm going to laugh at it. And I apologize for anyone out there that this offends. So basically, Dave Sullivan was, I can't say this straight face, was the dyslexic brother of Kevin Sullivan. Yes. And he would mispronounce his own name as Evod, Dave backwards. Oh, okay. It's kind of like a Eugene, right? So, uh, it, well, it, it's not quite him. like that. It's yeah. similar to that, yeah, but it's not. It's not as. It's not as uh, pronounced as Eugene. Um, basically, um, what's happening at this point is Hulk Hogan has debuted in WCW, and Dave Sullivan is the biggest Hulk Hogan fan in the world. And then, of course, that makes Kevin Sullivan mad. So they start. I mean, I um, thought that was Brother Budai, but I guess I was wrong. Okay, so, right, okay, hold on. So this is confusing. Yeah. I, I thought that too. So that is, it is bro, Brother Brudai, Brutus Beefcake, <laughs> is in the Hulkamania stuff in some of those scenes, but this Dave guy looks almost exactly like him. So I got them confused. <laughs> but yes, so in some of those scenes he is, but what's happening in this storyline is he's like the biggest Hulk Hogan fan in the world. That's why he comes out dressed like Hulk Hogan. Although he's blonde at this, or he's not blonde at this point, but he has been blonde in the past, and he he comes out dressed like Hulk Hogan, um, and and that's what he was doing during this time. Um, this is not related to our show, but I did want to mention that he would go on to have a feud with uh, uh, Big Bubba Rogers, uh-huh. and, and the storyline for this was that he had a pet rabbit. Uh, Dave Sullivan did. And Bubba is allergic to rabbits. And Bubba would come out to the ring to fight Dave Sullivan wearing a surgical mask, a COVID mask. Yeah. And Sullivan would always win because he would pull off the mask and then his allergies would act up. And that's how Dave Sullivan would win. That's perfect, brother. <laughs> that's amazing. So, anyway. So, apparently, so with the match... bunnies, bunnies and chihuahua dogs, Bubba Rogers doesn't like him. Is that what you're saying? Right. Exactly. Exactly. Um, yeah, I was at that Chihuahua dog show. <laughs> Kill in the cell. Yeah, I was at I was oh, at that God. show. That's the only hell in the cell I've ever seen live. Well, you know, the one I saw wasn't that good either. <laughs> I saw the uh, Shane McMahon and Undertaker one from WrestleMania. So, oh, that's better than what I saw. I mean, <laughs> like I saw you I had dog shit in yours, brother. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> yeah, I saw the only Kennel in a Cell match ever live. Um, so this went five minutes. It ended in a count out. It had a shitty ending. The crowd did not give a shit about this whatsoever. Yeah, it was pretty um, shitty. So I, yeah, so I'm gonna have to give the, the points to you 
Now hold on. on oh yeah. That. So yeah. So we're going. Regardless. Well, hold on. We're not. We're not done yet. I gotta see. We gotta see. We're what not match, done yet. Because right. the match that that, that uh, <laughs> I'm going up against you, brother, is not as good either. Okay. So it's better than this. <laughs> okay. So let, let me let me build it up. So like I was saying, to everybody, I have way more segments in my show than Allison does. That's true. So you just That's gotta true. like just That's bear true. with me. Okay. Through this shit. So uh, we're back for, with my show. Goldberg is now found sitting. Now he's beating his ass. And I'm like, wait, yeah. why is this? A, wait, hold on. Wait, wait a minute. Okay, I know that you're in like a blood feud, but go, why is Goldberg beating his, his ass right now? Like, aren't you like the baby face? Like, just do your action in the ring. Like, shouldn't it be like the other way well, around? Yes, but the reason this is happening is because I remember specifically, it's weird that I would say this now, but <laughs> as, with everything that would happen. Yeah. But I, I remember hearing that uh, Ferrara and Russo were going to go to WCW, and WCW was finally going to be good. This is exactly what they needed. It yeah. was going to be more yeah, I heard that like the Attitude too. Era. <laughs> yeah. It was going to be like the Attitude Era. It was going to be hardcore. It was going to be fucking awesome. So this happened because they wanted to introduce blood. So okay. WCW didn't have blood up up until about now. Like most, like any, I'm pretty sure that any, any bleeding during like the Monday Night Wars era of WCW was, was accidental. Yeah. I can see um, that. So, yeah. So there weren't, they weren't doing any blade jobs at this time. So this, this was, this was, was honestly pretty shocking when I watched this. I was like, oh, well, maybe WCW is going to get good because Sid's like bleeding down his face and he's screaming, is that all you got? Is that yeah. all you got? you know, at Goldberg. So that's why they did that to yeah. make this seem more real. It's a blood feud. It's just, this is serious. Yeah. You know, because, these guys are going to kill I mean, each I, other. That's why I remember like the buildup. So the buildup was, you know, Sid is like the millennium man and he was trying yes. to break the Goldberg streak and he was yes. faking it more than Goldberg was. Okay. Trying to get up mm -hmm. like past yeah. like whatever Goldberg's high score was. And they had this contract signing, but Sid was like, if you touch me, you're going to break it. And, of course, Goldberg's too much of a man, so he fights him anyway. And then they have they go back and forth, and then they eventually got this match. It's kind of like – it's like a version of an unsanctioned match, but it's like a – it's mm -hmm. pretty much like a big blood feud match at this time. And to be honest with you, right. I liked it. I actually liked the pairing of Goldberg and Sid. I thought they were like a perfect match for each other when because they're both pretty intense, both big dude jacked up dudes. You don't need to do a whole lot. Just do a bunch of power spots. Like once we get to this match, you know, I'll talk about it. But anyway, we got that going on. So now we have mm -hmm. non-Alexander Bagwell. We got Buff Bagwell over here, brother. 99. Mm -hmm. He comes yep. to the ring and he's talking about the new riders, brother. That's what we're talking about. The new riders. Hey, everybody on this fake wrestling show, I'm going to talk about the riders. Okay. Just like, you know, when, I'm, when we're watching fucking uh, uh, Nefen Lakita, I'm, she's going to go on there and talk about the writers are changing her yeah. characters. God, it's fucking stupid. I hate when people yeah, bring up the fucking totally, writers. Hell, the writers. Talk Shut about, the like, up. Yeah, exactly. Oh, talk about breaking, talk about, like, you know, breaking kayfabe, get rid of the. It's kind of like that Jason the, movie. Uh, we'll fuck, it's like that Jason movie we watch. Ah, oh, look, I've yeah. been in horror movies before. Whatever, bitch. You're going to die. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Anyway, sorry. I agree. I just, I've never been a big fan of the whole ride. I think it's funny, okay? But I've just never been a fan of it. Like, please, please tell me it's fake without telling me it's fake. Thank you. 
Right. Okay. Exactly. So he's also talking about Jeff Jarrett. Boy, what a match that would be. So he calls out Jeff Jarrett. Buff Bagwell and Jeff Jarrett. Oh, my God. So he comes and out. And Jarrett must have just got there, too, right? Jarrett could have uh, been there long. Yes. He, wherever the, whenever the uh, the last ha- housekeeper match was. So that probably was like yeah, maybe a month or two. Yeah, it was like a month or two. It was on Unforgiven. So I believe it was like a month or two before this. Okay. So it come, So Jeff comes out. They, they brawl. And um, Luger comes out. All right. Lex Luger here, brother. He comes out and he hits Buff in the head with a guitar. And the guitar doesn't break at all. <laughs> I put laugh out loud on my nuts. <laughs> <laughs> so, so that's a little um, segment. I, I don't. I was going to say, I don't know how they got out of it. Yeah. So the NWO is not really mentioned at all in the show. Well, they're, they're not. They're, um, they're, they're, there's no NWO at this time. They, they have already been disbanded. We have the, the only NWO okay. light people we have is the outsiders. But this, this Nitro was, we're hinting at getting the NWO back together, which I'll talk about later. Yeah. So now Sid gets up and he's all pissed off. All right. So... So now Eddie calls on calls Ray on the phone and he tells him to come back here to the arena because he got his Rolex mm-hmm. stolen. So he wants Ray and all them and everybody to come back to the arena, not because all all of them left with Conan. They all left with Conan to go to the hospital. And he tells them all to come yeah. back here. So now we actually get to the match that I'm going up against you, and I could not believe this is actually on a pay per view. <laughs> and I was like, "Well, wow, this should have been in the fucking dark match, but no, this was live on." Halloween Havoc, one of WCW's biggest pay-per-views. We have Brad Armstrong versus Alex Wright, the 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 Berlin version. Yeah, the, the, Berlin, the, the neo goth, like the neo Russian goth or German goth Berlin you, with the you wall. Like this? I thought this match fucking sucked. What are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> so, um, okay, so this is the so, boringest match ever. So Brad Armstrong is it great. Wasn't great. So, okay, hold on, hold on. So, Brad Armstrong is actually a pretty good wrestler, but he was a good wrestler yeah. from 1989 to not now. Okay? Not now. <laughs> I only like Alex Wright when he did yeah. his dance. Yeah, that was cool. The dance the was Berlin, awesome. The Berlin one always sucked, even though the wall later on became pretty cool. Yeah, okay. when it became Malice. Yeah. And TNA, yeah. Well, actually, so I just I like when he was like, called the wall and he chokeslammed that person to the ceiling. I think it was Hulk Hogan. That was the, and he was yeah, all, and he, yeah. He oh, that's character. true. And he would join the, uh, the military group. What are they called? Yeah, Misfits in Action. He would join them too. Misfits in Action. He was Sergeant AWOL. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I don't know, like, fuck, man. Like, so you got Dave Sullivan and Kevin. You know, I'm going to have to give it to you, brother, because at least yours had oh, Kevin Sullivan in it. <laughs> All right, I thought for sure I'd lose that one, but I'll take that one too, brother. Um, I mean, what do you I think? Mean, I I I think Brad Armstrong is a good wrestler, and I enjoy watching him. This was not a good match. It wasn't. It was boring. I didn't like it either. It I'm was super to, boring. Like the thing is, in the realm of things, your match had more. Like it was higher. It was higher regarded. Mine was just something to throw on That's the fucking true. show. So we're gonna have to give it to That's you on true. this one. All right, oh, fair enough. Brother, they're killing me. Okay, what do we got mm. next from you? All right, next from me, <laughs> we have... I'm dying over here, brother. Come on, brother. I lost my lost my little card here. All right, this, this, this. I was really looking forward to this. So in this one, we got the natural Dustin Rhodes, the heir to Dusty's empire, taking on the legendary 
Arn Anderson, who for some reason has Ming in his corner, and I'm not really sure why that happened. Um, this um, I thought was a good match. Um, I'm not really sure why this is happening other than um, Arn is trying to get back at Dusty's kid. That's the only thing I can really get out of this. Um, there's not, a, there's not, well, he, a ton joined of, that, uh, uh, he joined that stable with Parker. Uh, yes, he joined the, the Colonel Tom Parker, or whatever yeah. that guy was called, the guy that was basically based on Elvis's manager. Was that the um, studs, so that that studs, studs stable, right? Uh, that sounds familiar, yeah. yeah. Um, I don't have that in my notes, but that that was that sounds familiar. Um, so Dustin wins. Um, Arn attempted to cheat. He tried to, he got in the ropes for leverage to cover Rhodes. The referee, who was Randy Anderson, classic referee, caught him and he broke the count. Um, then then Dustin uh, rolled up um, Arn and they counted the one, two, three. So he basically won on a roll up. So it wasn't the, uh, the greatest ending. It wasn't the most exciting ending, but it was, it was a good face, baby face victory. So, you know, you had the heel who was trying to cheat the cheating turns against him and it costs him the match, you know? Yeah. And I believe Being the build up, and good always wins out. And the buildup was like dusty. He asked Arn to be his partner. Right. And then Arn turned on him, I believe. Yeah. That, I think uh. you're, I think you're probably right about that. And then after that, Arn beats the shit out of, of uh, Dustin Rhodes and DDTs him. Well, there you go. Let's go. So, um, Yeah. So what led up to my next match that I'm going against you is we have Ric Flair came out for a promo and he's talking about the great the great spanking he did on Kimberly. Okay. Mm-hmm. He's also saying, yeah, like Tori, she got a taste of that also. Okay. All right. And then uh he's basically saying that the 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 Dature boy, he's gonna come out here and do it one more time. Okay, so he's getting ready for his uh strap match that he's gonna be having with DDP later on. So the next match that I'm going against yours was this is a TV title match, and the yep. champion Chris Benoit versus Rick Steiner. Hmm. Okay, it's gonna be a tough one. So this is gonna be a tough one because the problem with this match was it was kind of boring, and I don't I don't think I would ever say that about a Rick Steiner and Chris Benoit match because those guys are two of the most hard hitting wrestlers there is. Um. But it was just like a 50s, 50s match I put on here. So we got, I swear we heard some boring chants. Okay. Mm. It was a hard hitting match, but it was just like, you know, nothing much. We had like a, a Benoit did a, hair, a headbutt on the chair. Uh, yeah. Dean comes out and uh, he looks like he was going to attack um, Rick Steiner, but he doesn't. He turns his back on Chris Benoit and hits him with the chair. And then Rick Steiner comes in and he pins him for the, uh, for the victory. And then we have Dean and Perry. They make up, so it was a swerve the whole time. Dean was aligned with Perry Saturn and Shane Douglas, and they're kicking Chris Benoit out of the Revolution, brother. So yep, sad, sad day. Oh man, I don't know, man. Like these matches were like almost fifty-fifty. Like they were pretty. They were. They were pretty similar. So what do you think? Like tie? I mean, I'll take a tie. Yeah. I mean, I'll, I'll accept that. I mean, like definitely, you know, you get Dustin Rhodes. Going against an, you know, an past his prime, Arn Anderson. Yeah. Um, I mean, it was a decent match, but it wasn't fantastic. Um, I actually kind of liked the, uh, I, I'm biased because I love Chris Benoit so much 
that, and I love Rick Steiner too. Um, that I I was super excited. I was super excited anytime I see Chris Benoit in a match. So I was kind of a little bit honestly partial to the Chris Benoit one. But um, if you want to do a tie on that one, yeah. see, I mean, there's better Benoit matches or better Steiner matches. But when we compare Absolutely. the two, I think these two were very similar. Where the crowd was just bored during the match. Mm-hmm. And it was okay match. There were hard-hitting good wrestlers, but it just didn't do a lot. So these matches, to me, I think they deserve a tie because they're very similar of how they were booked. So, so what do you got? What do you got next, brother? I think I got you in this next one, match number six. I think you, I got you. Uh, you think so? I think so. Oh wow. Okay, so my match number six. Anything leads up to it or Axel, what? It, yeah. Well, so I'm just tell you what the match is first. Well, I don't. I have, any, I have what I have leading up to all of my matches are parts of the things about the matches. Okay. So basically, um, the match itself is Jim Duggan, who's the United States Heavyweight Champion, and he's taking on stunning Steve Austin. Oh boy! For for the um, damn it, that's this match. Fuck. For the heavyweight championship, yeah. So now, what led up to this was um, hold on, I gotta find my notes again. Um. Yeah, what led up to this was Duggan and Austin had fought at Fall Brawl the month before, and Duggan beat Austin and took the title in 35 seconds. So they show the entire match. It lasted 35 seconds. Um, So Austin just jobbed, basically jobbed it out to Duggan. Um, So in this one, um, you may end up winning this one because it does end in a disqualification. Duggan wins the title. Um, Duggan's trying to hit him with a clothesline, um, and Austin avoided it and he threw Duggan over the top rope, which this time caused a disqualification immediately. So we had that over the top rope disqualification rule. Oh yeah. That's that's what ended this. So yeah. Yeah. So that kind of the ending kind of sucked because of that. So I think the match was good and the crowd was really into it. And one thing I thought was interesting was, this was basically, other than having hair, he was basically Stone Cold Steve Austin during this. Like, you know, he was doing the stomps and, you know, bit. all the stuff that Steve Austin does. I thought he was I mean, a lot he quicker. Wasn't doing the fi- he was quicker, yeah. He yeah. wasn't doing the fingers and that kind of thing and the head shaking. Well, he was doing the head shaking a little bit. But, you know, like the way the way he wrestled was the same yeah. um, as he would be as Stone Cold. Um, he came out wearing a vest even with no shirt like Stone Cold. Um but um, I don't know. Like I, I mean, I really like this match a lot, except for the ending because I always hate that stupid over the top rope thing. It's just such a stupid. It's just such a. It's just, yeah, it's dumb. It's just yeah. like it's like a cop out. It's a way to keep the title on somebody without having either either man get pinned. Yep. And it's just it's just annoying. Um, so I think you're probably gonna win this one because I think your match was was a lot better. I mean, the crowd was into this up until the ending because nobody likes the over the top rope match and people loved hacksaw then just like they loved him even today yeah. um austin was it's i don't crazy. know it's, it's crazy, crazy to austin, see it's crazy to see yeah. austin at this time and what he would be later yeah. on right like they say austin wasn't over but i don't really understand why i mean people seem to like him you know he wasn't a super superstar but you know he was definitely he was he was not nobody. We'll we'll put it that way. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. I mean, 
it was decent. The ending sucked again. The crowd was into it until the ending. And then the match itself I thought was pretty good. Considering. So what I got is we got a an interview mm-hmm. from Bret Hart. That's right, brother. A WCW yes. Bret Hart. And I thought this interview was pretty good. He was talking about Luger because they're in a feud right mm-hmm. now. And Luger was uh, attacking his ankle. And then Bret Hart just wants to take it one step at a time. And he'll be um, he'll be okay to fight Luger tonight, even with his little messed up ankle. So that's the match that we got over here. It's Lex Luger versus Bret Hart. And I got I got I got to tell you something though. So the Bret Hart and Lex Luger they got some pretty good chemistry because at this particular time, like we have Lex Luger over here. He's not the Lex Luger from like you know Crockett era or nothing. You know he's a little slower, yeah. a little bigger. He's kind of doing that like. Uh, he's being like more of a bodybuilder character at this particular time. And like, he had that weird, like symbol on his trunks and shit. Like it's, mm-hmm. it's, I, I, I don't, I think it was supposed to be like his like gym logo or something like that. I'm not really sure what his like flex, flexi, Lexi, like body gym, something logo, but he came out mm-hmm. with Miss Elizabeth, which, uh, that's a story I don't yep. want to talk about. <laughs> All right. Okay. And he, um, the thing is about Lex Luger at this time, remember, he didn't. He was kind of slower a lot in the ring. He kind of just kind of did his best hits. But boy, when he came out here with Bret Hart, this motherfucker was working. He was taking back bumps. He was running around. He was doing slam suplexes. I was like, fuck, bro, this is like a Lex Luger of the old. Like, Bret Hart's yeah. bringing out this. He's making this guy work, brother. He's making him work well, on his mat. It was great to that's see. That's what I was going to say. That's what I was going to say. Brett brought out the best in Lex for this match. Oh, I he did. You. And they had good chemistry. Um, they had good chemistry in the F before, too. But, bro, he really, like, helped this guy bring out his yeah. his potential in this match. I was very impressed with this match. And th- and this is heel Lex and face Brett, right? Because Owen yes. is dead. So 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 Brett's a, he- uh, Brett's a face now. Yeah. Um, one thing I thought was great in his promo was when he says Lex Luger will be uh, excellently executed. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that's ba- fantastic. So the way he won was he basically won. Uh, uh, Luger actually won this match, and he actually yes. submitted Bret Hart with a with a Boston Crab on the injured ankle. I was shocked. I, yeah, was, I was shocked. shocked. Well, I was I mean, like, Bret Hart should to- tap it out. It makes sense with the story with the ankle. Yeah. But I was like, what the fuck? With the story with the ankle, yeah. Bret Hart tap it out, yeah, brother. Bret- that was weird. I-, I don't know if I've ever seen that before. Is that the only time Bret Hart's ever tapped out? Probably not, but it's the only time I can think of. I can't remember any other time. Yeah. Like, yeah. at all. You know what I mean? That's crazy to think about. But this actually was a good match, and I'm going to have to take it. So the crowd was into this match. <laughs> they were shocked by the ending. Not like your ending, but it was kind of like, this sucks. They were like, oh, shit, this actually fucking happened. He submitted. And I thought Lex Luger yeah. looked great here. Like I thought Bret Hart looked great. I'm like, fuck, man. I thought, and the crowd was great. I was entertained with this whole match. I was shocked, so... If you agree, Allison, I think I'm about to take this one. Yeah, I'll agree. That's right. So we're moving on out. So, okay, so what do we got next for you? All right. So um, I don't really have a lot, any story for why this happened. I think it happened because they needed these two guys on the pay-per-view. But my next match is Vader with Harley Race in his corner, who defeated the Guardian Angel. Now, do you know who the Guardian Angel is? Well, if you watch this show, you do. But uh, for the people out there, the Guardian Angel was Ray Trailer, the big boss. Man. Okay, do you remember why he got? Or do you remember the whole Guardian Angel like gimmick? No, because, I mean I remember the gimmick, but I don't know why he was that. Though. Yeah, I remember this. I don't know why I remember this, but I remember this. 
So he was. It's like a biker gang, right? It's like a biker gang, okay? But it's mm-hmm. a. Okay. We're gonna help out the youth biker gang. Okay. That's what. Okay. So is. seeing this, I thought mm-hmm. it was like um, based on that group in New York that was like when when New York City was all crime ridden in the eighties and the ninety yeah. early nineties. They had like that group that would go around and they were basically like trying to defend New Yorkers from getting like you know, mugged and robbed and things. And they would, they would basically wear these red outfits and they would go around and they would be, I think they were even called guardian angels and they would go around New York and like they would like inter they were citizens that would intervene when crimes happened. So I thought that's what he was doing, but I don't know why he became that instead of big Bubba. Well, yes. Yeah, switch it up every once in a while, brother. You know what I mean? Well, that's true. Um, and I, and i still don't understand why he's fighting, uh, uh, later right. in this, well, it's a, it's a <laughs> but, feud, you know, it's two big guys. It's well, of course, it's a feud, but it's two big guys who you know might have a good match against each other, possibly. Um, which I thought this match was pretty good because I, I love good. Vader, yeah, me too. And Especially I love this time, Ray Trailer, yes, I love Vader and I love Ray Trailer. Um, and this is when we saw a Sting in the crowd, right? Y- yes, so Sting comes out. To so I guess Sting is hurt is what I'm guessing. Yeah. Um. And he, it's because he's not on the card. But Muhammad Ali is in the crowd and he comes out to sit with Muhammad Ali to watch the main event. Nice. Which is going to be coming up and in, in a couple of matches. So he comes out and he 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 wants to sit with with Muhammad Ali and his family to watch to watch the to watch the main event. Um. Uh, but yeah, he comes out and sits in the crowd during this. Um, I actually cannot remember how this match ended. I, I somehow missed it in my notes. I think Vader like um, got. Uh, I think he did the Vader bomb on him, the Vader splash, and he yes, picked up the win that way. It. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, he won. He won by, by the Vader bomb. So Vader bomb is a great finishing move. One of my favorites. Vader is one of my favorite wrestlers. Ray Trailer is one of my favorite wrestlers. Which I, he's one of those people that I really wish that I could have appreciated more when he was uh, still alive. Yeah. Um, I did not really appreciate him as much as until the after he died. Uh, the boss man. He's, he was really good. He was really good in the ring, especially after he started losing weight. Yeah. You know, cause he was kind of, you know, kind of overweight when he was big Bubba, but when he became the boss man, he started and he lost weight and got in better shape. I thought he was a great wrestler. Um, I love this match. I mean, I thought it was good. Um, you well, know, I, was I still too, yeah. think, yeah, I mean, I still think that. Uh, I mean, uh, I don't know. I mean, well, you haven't talked about your years yet. Uh, and uh, mine, you you've already won. Okay. <laughs> I mean, I don't think that your match is that bad. Do you know um, which match is coming up next? Yeah, it's going to go against Goldberg and Sid. No, that's not. No, we don't have that match yet, brother. Okay. Okay. I got Sting. And, I got part. Sting and Hulk Hogan brother coming up next. That doesn't count though. How does that not count? Because if that counts, then you have an extra match. Okay, fine. Well, I guess we'll, we won't count that. Okay. Well, okay. No, I thought we would just talk about it as like okay. part of the show. So am I counting? Am I counting count. the uh, Sting Open Challenge then? Uh, yes. Okay. Okay. 
Yeah, that's going to be your that's your main event, quote unquote, because it was the last match. I got you. OK, well, mine is going to be OK. Well, OK, yeah, you might you might lose this one then. If we're not counting yeah, the L. Yeah, yeah, most likely. Well, Which just, I never yeah. thought I would say about a Goldberg match, but I love Sid and I actually like this match a lot. Your match. Okay, so let me get there though. Because it's okay, gonna be it's gonna there. be a fucking let paragraph long of me getting to this match. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. So yeah, because we gotta go over Sting and Hogan first. And yeah. so I'm and guessing this, so before no, 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 you no, say no. anything. There's a lot more shit okay. that, that happens before we even get to Sting and Hogan. Okay, brother. This is nineteen ninety nine Nitro. All right. All right. This is nineteen ninety nine WCW, right. brother. We we can't just go to a match here, brother. Okay? We don't just go to matches. We gotta have five things to get there. Okay? That's true. That's true. So we have a okay. Goldberg. Right. We have a Goldberg promo talking about he's gonna kick Sid's ass. Basically, he's gonna finish the job. Then yeah. we have one of yeah. my favorite segments has a eighteen to thirty four male. I love this segment. Mm-hmm. We have Medusa coming out with her bikini and her hooch tit. Yes, <laughs> and she was there <laughs> in her U.S. USA bikini in October, yeah. promoting the nitro, <laughs> the nitro cologne. That so Tony, is this a real thing? I don't know, but Tony Schiavone and fucking Bobby Heenan were burying this fucking cologne. <laughs> Hold on, we're going to. I'm going to eBay while you're while you're doing this to okay. see if, see if this this is real. Okay, so anyway, you look it up on like eBay, and I'll explain to yeah. everybody about this. I that a young J, James Klein was basically uh, 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 happy over this scene. So hell, have, I was I was older than you, and I was super into yes. this. I have this weird thing for like american flag bikinis though i don't know why it's like a weird kink or something that i have i love american flag bikini i think yeah. it's like it's just this i just have a thing so it was kind it. of random and, at this time like medusa yeah. was like you know she was known to being like she was a lunger blaze she was like the wrestler yes. girl you know what i mean from like the 90s and everything and then next thing you know yeah. well, here we are 1999 she's already been part of the macho man's group okay yeah I'm pretty sure she got like a boob job or something because these things were massive. Oh, you, oh, you, okay. th- you think? Um, like she <laughs> had to have gone in to her plastic <laughs> surgeon and said, I want the biggest tits that yeah. I can get. Because like, they were bam, gigantic. Gigantic. And, and it, it kind of sucks because you're right. She was the wrestler girl. She yeah. was the girl who was really good at what she did and she didn't really need... Like she came, she came at the wrong that. era. She came in the wrong yeah. era. Let's just let's just say it. she came yeah. in the wrong. If she came nowadays, she would be one of the top. She'd be like a Charlotte Flair. She'd be top wrestler. Yeah, that's true. That's true. But I could How's see why she might feel like she needed to do that because she was oh, definitely, yeah, definitely getting older. Yeah, she was like in her late mid to late thirties at this point. Well, that's the and, thing you know, that was hot at gr- the time. You had, you had Sable. I mean, this this was a ripoff from Sable, basically. I mean, that's okay, so obvious. that's true. I didn't think about that. You're right. Yeah. It's a rip off of Sable. I never thought about that. Yeah, because right. Sable's but, when she started getting very popular, the first thing that she did, she she came out with the little blow up chair and she started doing some strip dances on the fucking blow up chair, and that's what pretty much made her like a sex symbol. Was but doing that, and that's when they figured out like, yeah, we can use this girl to be like a sex symbol. So now they're trying to do this. The powers that be, okay, are trying to use Medusa like a sex symbol to sell this cologne, even though they're burying the whole cologne. And then the gimmick is, though, Medusa doesn't like the the the, the powers to be or the superpowers from New York. She thinks it's bullshit. Yeah. And then she pours the cologne on Bobby Heenan. And then Tommy Schiavone yeah. says, you stink like manure. So they're burying their own fucking cologne. <laughs> um... So I do have an update on the clone on the clone thing. It it is real. Oh, 
Let's get, bro. We gotta buy um, that shit. Nitro so you Calum, can buy brother. it. So you can buy some. You can buy a one ounce bottle, new in the box, never been opened from 1999. Um, oh my god, this guy has multiples of them. Oh, ten bro. plus available. This has got to be bootleg, right? This can't be real. Bro, anyway, it's 87.99 a bottle. Damn it, 87. Fuck, bro. Yeah, they, there's another listing where you can get. Um, it says nitro for men fragrances. It comes with the nitro cologne. Um, it comes with a deodorant stick, aftershave, aftershave cologne, and a deodorant stick. That's three hundred dollars. <laughs> you can smell like well, according to Tony Schiavone, Bobby Heaney, we can smell like cow manure if we put that shit on. So why not, brother? Just get it. You can for sixty four ninety nine plus five dollars shipping. You can buy a uh, WCW. <laughs> says vintage WCW Nitro Cologne T-shirt. Oh, okay. And it there says, you go, uh, <laughs> it says the Nitro logo. It says Nitro for men fragrances. So I guess it was a real oh, thing you God. could buy. Bro, it it's was a real thing, though, and they buried it. Like, this shit sucks. Like, magic, yeah. like, well, I'm watching your show, and you're telling me your product sucks, and you want me to buy it. Okay? Oh, here's another bottle. It's $100. Free shipping, though. Uh, free shipping, $279 for a three-ounce bottle. There you go, brother. Like who's who's buying this shit? Like I want to write this guy and just say, has anybody ever bought this from you? I kind of want to buy a bottle. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> <laughs> it's probably like you, like people like you are like, I just want one. <laughs> Bro, they were burying the shit out of this fucking cologne. I'm just like, yeah. you know what? Yeah. Like I gotta smell it for myself. It probably smells like fucking axe or some shit. Like that. <laughs> probably <laughs> some, some generic. Probably yeah, Calvin Klein <laughs> shit or something. Okay. So then we get to this match that I can't count. It's a good thing because this this is this is very strange. Okay, so this is yes. like okay, so there's a lot of strange things happening at this particular time. So mm-hmm. number one is Sting is a heel. Yes, I was going to bring that up. So someone asked me the other day if yeah. I remembered Sting having a heel turn and it not going well, and <laughs> I did not remember that. Yeah. But when I watched this, I was like, "Oh, this is it. This is when Sting was a heel." Yeah. So Sting is a heel for some reason. Um, in this, because I don't we're know. Trying to make him new, him like a new. Heel. So, th- well, so yeah. in my in my recollection, Sting has only mm-hmm. been a heel twice. Okay, it's this run in '99, which was a failure, even though he had one good match. This whole the whole heel run had one good match, and that match was on Nitro when he lost the belt to DDP, and then he won it back from DDP the same night. That was like his only good like match of a heel run at okay. this at this time. It just didn't work, you know. Sting, I mean, fuck, bro. We talk about Sting on the Retro Blood, you know. We talk about Sting all the time. This guy is yeah. a born natural baby face. Even when he was doing the whole Crow gimmick, he still people love this guy. You don't want to boom. Yeah, he, yeah. The other he time he was yeah, the, the right. other time he was a heel was like maybe for a couple months when he was in the main event main event mafia in TNA, and that was it. Okay, true. I didn't think about that. Yeah, yeah. That was the heel stable that he was in. Yeah, yeah. So, so true. So at this time, Hulk Hogan is not the Hollywood Hulk Hogan. He's the uh, he's the WCW Real American Man. He he reverted back to that character. He reverted back to the old yeah. red and white trunk wearing Hulk Hogan at this time and he's going to have a proper match with Sting this time they're going to re, re you know do their feud from 97 they're doing it right now and it mm-hmm. just it's roles are reversed Hulk Hogan's the hero Sting's the the villain and like I okay so th- so this is just strange so Hulk Hogan's coming for the belt 
you know, very 80s, you know what I mean? Coming for the belt, brother, I'm going to beat you. We start the match. We hear Hogan's music. Great. I, I always loved his WCW theme. You know, he's got the mm-hmm. red, white, and blue running through his veins. <laughs> he was yes. born and raised in the U.S. of A. I, USA. I actually like, okay, this might get hate for this, but I like this one more than Real American. No, no, no. Real American is awesome. <laughs> Bro, I love this. I do WCW, like this music, but, but I'm a pumped, Real American. Brother. It's a great song. Yeah. So we hear it doesn't come um, out. Yeah. Right. Then Sting comes out looking all depressed. He looked like he was going to fight mm-hmm. Jeff Hardy again. Okay. <laughs> oh, <laughs> that's right. I said oh, it, brother. Oh, oh, I can't right. there. Fucking comes out there, and there. then next thing we know, we see fucking we see Hulk Hogan in his street gear. Yeah. And he fucking comes also in there, looking and, like, also looking <laughs> depressed, lays down, and that's it. So I'm like super confused here. So, and also the bell never rings. I don't know. No, they had a ring because they they fucking did the three count. So yeah, they did a three count, but I don't think the bell rang. But um, so I don't know why this happened. I don't think I knew why this happened then, and I don't know the backstory behind it now. I'm guessing that Russo and Hogan were in an argument, but that's the no. only thing I can think of. Well, they just they didn't. Okay, so what? Okay, here is there's two explanations of this. There's okay. storyline explanation. There's what really happened. Okay, here, okay. here, if I can remember. So the storyline was that the powers the be were yeah. were too much for Hogan, so he wanted to lay down and he wanted to get away for a little bit. Okay. The 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 explanation was Hogan had some off time from WCW, and he wanted to take the off time, but he didn't want to like you know lose on the way out because you know it's Hulk Hogan brother. So they came right. up with this idea of him laying down, and then he would re- later return to get his revenge on Sting and the powers that be when he was just going to be himself, Terry Bollea. But by the, by the time that he got back to WCW, Vince Russo was already out. Okay? Mm-hmm. So the idea was that the powers that be made him do what he did. Okay? And he was going to come back for revenge on the powers to be. Has Terry Bollea, not Hulk Hogan, Terry Bollea, okay? Because you remember when he came back in 2000, he was like, you know, having that, he was kind of like in street gear, fighting Kidman for some yeah. reason. And he right. was supposed to be like just him. He was supposed to be like this whole new character, this whole new, just like, I'm Terry Bollea. I'm just like, you know, it's kind of like, you know, wrestlers do that. Like, you know, I have Adam Copeland now. He's like Adam Copeland. Like, you know, I'm not, I'm not that character. I'm really me now. And I'm really mad at yeah. Vince Russo for, for writing me to lay down the sting. So that was the whole thing they were trying to come up with. I mean, it's stupid. Okay, we don't give a fuck but, about, you know what I mean? So it's trying to be like... But Russo came back, though. Yeah, he did come back later on, but then he came back... And that's back. when they had the bash at the beach. Yes, that's when they had, yes exactly. So, so basically, they if I can remember, they gave Russo like, I think it was only like three months. He was like writing shit. And then they like, okay, you got to get out of here. Then they, I think they gave for a short period of time, mm. they gave the book of everything to Kevin Sullivan. And then, then, um, Eric Bischoff and Vince Russo came back to work together. And then when they came back to work together, that's when the whole bash of the beach shit happened later on in 2000. Which, so. Yeah. Right. So, okay. So in, in, in uh, when was Mayhem? Was that was That's that the next January pay-per-view? Well, no, no, no. Mayhem is the next pay-per-view after this one. 
Okay. Okay. All right. I thought it was later in the winter, but maybe you're right. So yeah. Mayhem was when they did the uh, the tournament, right? The tournament, yes. Yeah. So Vince Russo was writing that. So yeah. that. So start. Okay. So I remember this now. So this. I remember when this happened now. So we were excited about Vince Russo and Ferrara getting there. But it seemed like when this show happened, they had they were still dealing with old storylines. Yes. And Mayhem was the first, or the day after this show, was the first time they were creating everything on their own. And then when we got to Mayhem, I was like, this is going to get really good because Mayhem is still – one of my favorite pay-per-views. That tournament's great. Yeah. The way it ends is great. And the winner uh, was great, Maybe one day too. we'll talk about it. And the yeah. winner was great, too. It, that whole thing was fan-fucking-tastic. Yeah. We'll so talk I a little bit about that the WCW, end. Yeah. Yeah, I was about to say, WCW is going to take off. Little did I know what was going to happen in the next, like, two months. But, um, but yeah, so basically, um, this this was an advertised match. Like, we yeah. were expecting... This is one of the top matches. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. after this happened, and, uh, we well, didn't get this. Yeah. After this happened, Sting pins him, and then they just cut to a Sting Goldberg, uh, Goldberg Sid promo, and the fans just boo. Mm-hmm. Like you could hear it over the fucking yep. promo. They're just booing fucking to death. Yeah. I would have been pissed off too, brother. I mean, this is a yeah. high fucking match, and you just fucking just lay down like a little bitch. Like what the fuck? And this is the second lay down uh, we've had this year. We had the fucking yeah, finger right. poke of doom. Okay. Yeah. And January. now we got this bullshit. Okay, like fuck. I, I'm guessing that what they thought would happen was they were getting the DDP uh, Ric Flair match. Yeah, that wasn't advertised. So they were thinking, well, we'll have this, but we'll and so we'll have this shit, and people hate it, but we'll make up for it by giving them this extra match that's that they didn't think they were going to get. Yeah. That's what that's my guess as to what they were thinking to justify. Now this. should I be? Yeah, uh, this, should I be? Uh, uh, should I have a negative point? For this bullshit that we had to go through, I don't think it should hold. I don't think we should hold that against you personally because this uh-huh. is not your fault. Well, anyway, the match that we did got to go against yours was a great fucking match. It was for the yes. WCW United States Championship match, and this probably was the best match on the show because it was. Mm-hmm. It's fucking. I I couldn't believe what I was seeing when I was watching this match. It was pretty fucking crazy. <laughs> so we have yeah. um, Goldberg coming out, and he gets attacked. Yeah during his entrance from Scott Hall and Kevin Nash, because Scott Hall and Kevin Nash at this time was doing like the outsider gimmick. Like they kept saying they want to get the band back together, which we all know that means the NWO, which they would later do get the, mm. the short lived NWO gray <laughs> that would come silver. out or silver. Come I mean, out it was with, silver. NWO silver, which, yeah. which I thought could have been a great idea, but it just, uh, just didn't work out that well. I loved it. I thought there was a good group too, you know. Yeah. Mean, with Bret Hart, great, they had great members. You know, Jeff Jarrett, Jeff Jarrett. Scott Steiner, mm-hmm. the you know the Outsiders. I mean, that that uh, and that's what they should have done. A, a, a elite group. You know what I mean? Yes. Don't put all this yeah. bullshit in there. Just one elite group, and but you know, it just didn't work out. So, but Sid starts bleeding quickly in this match, and these guys are mm-hmm. humongous, brother. I was like, holy <laughs> shit, these guys are like fucking Frank. Bro, Sid, he he's basically Frankenstein. I mean, don't tell me he's not because this guy is Hugh fucking Mungus, okay? Oh my god! Yeah. Fuck that guy was yeah, Hugh the, Mungus. The thing, the thing about Sid that always struck me was that he was super tall, yeah. and super jacked, jacked, which is rare. Yeah, Goldberg. you don't really have that. But he's 
He's also jacked only from the waist up, though. He still has skinny little legs, which will come back to haunt him in a couple of years or a year or so. Um, but, uh, but yeah, you could tell that he mostly works out his upper body. But, yeah, he's super jacked yeah. and super tall. He is basically Frankenstein. You were right. So the interesting part about this match that I was when I was watching it is how, like, brutal Goldberg is in this match. Yeah. He's beating the shit out of this guy. Like... This first like, Goldberg match I ever saw that I liked. I know. Like, I was like, because, you know, usually Goldberg matches are, okay, we got him maybe selling for a little bit. We got a spear, jackhammer. Let's go to the back. Okay. And, of course, he did have that good one with DDP that we talked about last year uh, with the Halloween Havoc. I would say that's probably still mm-hmm. the best Goldberg match. It's still the one with DDP. But this one was pretty, like, he must be Mr. Like Halloween Havoc or something because his best matches are at Halloween Havoc, apparently. Because he was beating the shit out of Sid. They're going back and forth. And he is just brutal. Like, I thought he was like a heel in this match. He was so fucking brutal. Okay? Mm. So he eventually beats Sid's ass so much that the referee had to stop it. Because ble- Sid is just bleeding. Because of blood. Blood yeah. everywhere, bro. He was- Goldberg had blood on him. Sid had blood all over him. I was like, fuck, bro. I haven't seen this bloodbath in a while. And then, like... Rick Steiner comes in. He tries to stop Sid from fighting some more with Goldberg because they're at a blood feud. And they eventually get Sid to go to the back. And I was just thinking, like, man, baby, like, is Sid turning babyface? Because he basically was. And then Goldberg wins the belt from this. So, I don't know, man. Crowd loved this match. I loved this match. I was super entertained. And, yeah, I might have to, uh, might have to take you on this one, brother. Right. Yeah, I, I can't really argue with that. Like, I think that, uh, I'll leave my argument for the next match that we're going to do, but I think that um, uh, I, th- I think you can win this. I, don't, I can't argue with this. This is your point. All right, man. What do we got up next for you? All right. So, um, again, we don't have as much storyline in my show. So, basically, we go right into the next match. Um, so, the next match that I have on my card, and I love this match. You probably didn't like it as much as I did. But it's the Nasty Boys, the real Nasty Boys, Brian Knobs and Jerry Sags, who took on Terry Funk and Buck House Buck, who apparently they were also in that group with uh, Colonel uh, the Colonel Robert Parker and Ming because they came out with them. So you got Terry Funk, and even Terry Funk, and it's fantastic. And I didn't hate the Nasty Boys. I think they're good in this uh, in this tag. They're decent in this tag match. Bro, Terry Funk um, was fantastic in this match. Yeah, he's he's fantastic in everything he does. But basically, um, I thought the match was great. They yeah. went back and forth. The crowd liked it. Um, it had some hardcore stuff in it. Um, but um, the Nasty Boys ended up winning because Ming accidentally hit Terry Funk. And then um, Jerry Sags um, pile drives Terry Funk on top of a jack Yeah, pumpkin, yeah. <laughs> I thought that was great, too. Oh, we're on top of a pumpkin, yeah. yeah. And then... Uh, that was the uh, that was the end of that. So um, um, hold on, before you go, like I gotta say something about our boy oh, yeah. Bunkhouse. Bunkhouse, yes. So when I was watching this match, I was like, "Who the fuck is this Bunkhouse guy?" Like I never heard about this guy before, and he's in a fucking tag team with Terry Funk. Like he must be cool as shit. So like mm-hmm. you know, who he later became like, Jack Swagger Senior. Fucking Jack Swagger's father. <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> I was like, how random is that shit? When they were doing that Jack Swagger thing, like they, I don't, 
know how that they did that, um, yeah. how they decided on those people. But they got Bunkhouse Buck to play his dad. Mm-hmm. And then they got Dutch Mantel to yeah. play his manager. Manager, yeah. Yeah. So, um, I guess well, Jack, I mean, he, he would have fit in the stud staple, but... I guess. Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah, he would definitely have fit in the stud staple. Jack Swagger, I think, um, would have been a huge star if he were in, uh, in, in like WCW during this time. Oh, yeah. Definitely. Instead of when he was in WWE. Yeah. Like, I think that he's. You know, in the AEW, I think he's good. I, I like how he, uh, I like his humor, like especially around the time they're doing the inner circle and he never spoke. Like, I think that shit was hilarious. Yeah. And then the whole thing about the pink hat, I just, I don't know. I just think it's funny. I think he's a very funny person with how, how dry his humor is. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so Buckhouse Buck became uh, Jack Swagger's dad. Um, he was Robert Fuller's cousin. He's he's one of the Fullers. Yeah, Fullers. Yeah. So he came from that Fuller wrestling family. Um, but Terry Funk the definitely the was Fullers. the uh, the standout in this match. This guy was yes, just he fucking, was he was yeah. And you can you believe it? Like he didn't even have his ECW run yet, and he's still like this no, fucking that hadn't, just, that hadn't even started yet. Crazy man, this guy is insane. Okay, and so, he was fifty years old. <laughs> it's crazy. Like what the fuck? Yes. So, so he turned 50 in that summer. So my, of course, I got a bunch of shit leads up to my match, of course. Yes. So we have uh, so <laughs> a, ha- story. so we see after the Goldberg beatdown shit, we see the Kim and we actually see the Kim, Kimberly, uh, Kimberly Page and Ric Flair scene from the hotel. Okay. Yes. I thought it was a lot. Of, that, this is a fun scene. You know, of her like dressing up in a hot outfit and shit, putting the little thing in the drink and Ric Flair coming out here strutting, saying you're going to be riding Space Mountain. Okay. Mm-hmm. Perfect. Yeah. She and he says, uh, uh, <laughs> like he's like he's like Flair's like the boy couldn't make it. All right, but uh, don't worry about Space Mountains here. <laughs> all right. So then we hear Sting's music. Yes. All right, everybody's all confused and shit. He comes out with the world belt, and then Sting basically say he basically baby faced himself. Okay, he said I didn't come out here for Las Vegas, um, for a night off. I want to fight. So I'm going to challenge anyone from the back later. So I'm going to come back later and I'm going to challenge somebody for a fight. Okay? And remember, he never said anything about a world title fight, by the way. So so the next match we have is DDP versus Ric Flair in a strap match. Okay? Mm -hmm. So this match is... uh, It's it's different than a normal strap match because a normal strap match where you had to hit all four corners, right? Something yeah, like that. but they'd long given up on that shit. Yeah, so this one was a pinfall, <laughs> pinfall or submission. Okay. Yeah. So they're yeah, fighting. By out- 1995, yeah. that's what a strap match was. Yeah. So they're fighting out in the crowd. They're fighting out in the fucking uh, uh, around everywhere. Flair kisses Kimberly now. All right, this is a pretty good match. They're going back and forth, and then eventually, um, DDP diamond cutters. Uh, it's kind of a weird. Uh, match up here because basically it's a good match and everything and then uh charles robertson like messes up like the count or it looks like he messed yeah. up the count or something and then he so diamond ddp diamond diamond cutters flare picks up the win did he diamond cutters juice robertson all right and then david comes mean, out with, i mean charles yeah. robertson yeah yeah <laughs> little nature's in here boy too uh-huh. Yeah, you said Juice Robinson. Oh, I did. My bad. But, yeah, I meant to say Charles Robinson. Sorry, <laughs> Charles Robinson. Yeah, Little yeah. Nature. Yeah, Little Nature's here because you know at this time he was Little Nature. Like he's already done the whole run with Ric Flair being like his uh, fan and yeah. everything. 
And I guess like the the cat was supposed to be messed up because you know it's Charles Robinson. So DDP yeah. like he 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 basically um, diamond cuttered uh, Charles Robinson after that. All right. And then we have uh, David Flair coming out with the crowbar, and then um, Kimberly eventually gets it from him, and then DDP beats his ass too. And then they're beating up both Flair and David, and um, and then. Uh, they're going so flair eventually after all this he gets like stretchered out okay because basically ddp beat his ass so bad with the crowbar and everything that he took from david that he's getting stretchered out and then he was getting stretched to the hospital and then when he was they felt the animals came back in the ambulance okay and it was all a swerve uh, see an- another swerve like that, and mm-hmm. it's another swerve of Conan faking his shoulder injury, and then they beat up Ric Flair and they and they step him into the ambulance, and I'm pretty sure this is when we're gonna get him being thrown in the desert. Yes, that is the lead up to him being okay. buried in the desert and then later coming back in the insane asylum. I don't remember that. But you don't remember any of that shit, brother? Spread. No. Oh, my no. God. Okay, here's what happened, Allison. <laughs> I got to tell you, okay? So, you remember we were saying about Sting and Hulk? They're trying to, like, redo everything. Yeah. So, one of the things yeah. they wanted to redo was Flair. And mm-hmm. the the powers from New York, okay, their idea was, okay, well, we're going to have the filthy animals beat up Ric Flair. We're going to bury his ass in the desert. And then he's going to come back after some time off TV to be a big, huge star because he'd be refreshed. And boy, did not work mm-hmm. out like that at all. They fucking buried his ass, and next thing you know, you see him in a fucking... Actually, actually, the Asana might have happened before this. I can't remember. Now that now that you mention it. So there was a point where I think... It, it might have been because of this Asana Solemn stuff that they buried Flair in the desert. But basically, the whole point of that Vince was signing saying he was trying to refresh the Ric Flair character by yeah. burying him in the desert and coming back being strong but it just didn't work out because it was stupid so whew, this is a tough one though because I don't know man Terry Funk. Oh, fuck. it forces you to uh, fight it forces you to vote against Terry Funk if you pick uh, if you pick your match that's true Terry your Funk match is was, good though yeah, it was good like DDP as a heel was good the strap match was actually pretty entertaining like I don't think Ric Flair actually needed to be Written off TV yeah. for a refresh. I thought he was fucking fine. I, I didn't know um, he was entertaining. He was like the best one of the best things on the show. I am not a huge fan of strap matches. And the reason I don't like them is because I feel like it creates extra work for the people in it. And the strap always gets caught on shit. And they just can't. They're not free. It's free to move around and do stuff. Um, you know, it always gets caught on the turnbuckles. And if they go in the crowd, it gets caught on chairs and all kinds of shit like that. And it's always awkward. Um, I'm not a huge fan of them. Um, Although I like them a little better with the pinfall than I do when you have to go around and touch all four corners. That's kind of dumb too. Um, So yeah, I've never been a fan of strap matches. Uh, I don't know. I don't know how we're going to decide this one because I don't know, man. I mean, your match was good. My match had Terry Funk in it. I mean, I'm sure that you would probably say the fact that, that the nasty boys are in this match. Um, would 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 send it uh would send your match over mine but then terry funk got you know dd or he got pile drived onto a pumpkin <laughs> for a finish so i don't know i don't know about this one uh 
I don't know, man. Should we do a tie or, or no tie? We could set it aside and see what we get for our final matches. Oh, come on now. We already know your fucking match is going <laughs> to win. <laughs> oh, that's true. Yeah, that's I don't like know. Final I don't match? Know how... <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how my... Yeah, I don't, I don't know. Yeah, that, that final match was fucking fantastic. Um, all right, let's call it a tie. We'll call it a tie. Okay, so we got a tie there. All right, so let's let's hear about your final match on the show. All right, my final match. So I actually have story now. So there's actually storyline for this. So this was in a steel cage. Um, so Hogan had like a little stable kind of fans. One of them was Brutus Beefcake, Brutus Beefcake, who he called Brother Brutai for some reason. Um, and then he had uh, Dave, uh, Dave, the dyslexic Dave, as as one of his fan, as one of his fans too. And then he was there. Uh, um, ba- uh, so Mr. T was going to be the referee. So that goes back to WrestleMania one, right? So Mr. T was Hogan, Hogan's uh, Hogan's tag team partner for WrestleMania one. So is is Mr. T going to be a uh, on the side of Hogan? But right before this in Chicago, Hogan, I mean, uh, Mr. T was seen coming out of a restaurant with Ric Flair. So maybe he's on Ric Flair's side. Is he going to be impartial? Who knows? Um, But this is career versus career. So whoever loses this is done. Um, Their career will be over. If Ric Flair loses, we will never see him again ever. In 1994, he will disappear and never be back. And he's um, in his little stable. He's got sensuous Sherry. So Sherry Martell is on his side, and it's like super crazy Sherry. So she's like, uh, she got the big butterfly makeup on her face and the big poofy hair. Um, and this is going to turn out to be, um, like I said, in a steel cage, career versus career. Um, there is also a side story of. Hogan getting attacked by a masked man. Um, and this has been going on for a while, apparently. And he keeps getting attacked by a man in a black suit with a black ski mask. And that, that's what leads us up to uh, to this match. And there's some storyline after the match as well, which we can talk about and some things that will happen. Um, so <clears throat> I don't know what, what I can say other than this match was fantastic. Yeah. I mean, it was... That's it good. was 19 minutes long. Flair actually wrestled. I mean, um, Hogan actually wrestled in it. Um, one thing I thought was unique or interesting was that as much, um, you know, hoo-ha as we have about intergender wrestling and p- some people hate it and some people like it and Jim Cornette hates it because that's not how wrestling used to be and, you know, he talks about how, like, that's not realistic and it would never have happened in his day. Well, there's quite a bit of intergender wrestling in this match. I mean, he Hogan like clotheslines Sherry and he uh-huh. body slams her several times. Um, so uh, I'm trying to remember. There was a lot of chaos in this match. Um, so basically, um, Sherry tries to climb the cage to hand Flair the title so he can hit Hogan with it and win. But Jimmy Hart, who was you know Hogan's uh, ally, because he actually had Hogan painted Hogan's face painted on his jacket during this match, comes running out and he tries to pull her off the cage, but he pulls her skirt off, so we get to see her ass. 
as she's hanging on the edge of the cage. Um, so, um, she is hanging on the cage. He pulls her skirt off, but she's still there. Sting jumps the guardrail to come help, uh, to help stop Sherry from getting in the ring. But then the, if I remember correctly in my notes, the masked man comes from under the ring and, um, and I thought this was weird too because of who it turns out to be. But uh, he comes out from underneath the ring, and Tony Schiavone specifically says, "I didn't see him come from anywhere else. He must have been there all night." So anyway, so he runs up and attacks Sting, which lets Sherry get into the ring. Um, and then she, then Flair handcuffs Mister T to the ropes. Um, and then they fight back and forth for a minute. Um. That's when all the uh, close, like he clotheslines Flair and Sherry at the same time, and then body slams Sherry a few times, and then he gets the leg drop on Ric Flair, and then he gets Mister T over where Mister T is, and he he, he uh, motions Mister T to do the three count. Yep. He reaches over one, two, three. The match is over. Ric Flair's career is done. Hogan is celebrating. But then the masked man gets in the ring and attacks Hogan. Um, and he stands there long enough for Hogan to turn around. So Hogan's doing his Hogan flexing in the ring for what seems like forever. And the masked man is standing there with a stick or a pipe or whatever it is. And he's going to hit him. And I don't know why he doesn't just hit him in the back of the head or whatever. <laughs> but he waits for Hogan to turn around. And then Hogan blocks the pipe, beats up the masked man. And then he asked the crowd if they if he wants if they if he wants him to unmask the masked man. He pulls the mask off, and but he doesn't look at him. This is the part that I thought was the funniest. He pulls the mask off, and then he celebrates with the crowd that he pulled the mask off by holding the mask up. And then the crowd's all shocked at who it is. He turns around, and his brother Brutai. Brother Brutai, brother turns heel on the Hulkster yeah. brother after all. So this now, time. so now with that, so. Do you think that um, when they were writing this, if they were thinking of uh, the Shakespeare play Julius Caesar? I mean, probably with the, the and, brother but, turning yeah, his back on right. him. Right, because, yeah. because Brutus was the guy that stabbed Caesar. He was Caesar's biggest ally, and he's, he's the one that stabbed Caesar and, and, and you know got the killing blow on Caesar. Although he doesn't kill Hogan, obviously. He, uh, Hogan, Hogan beats Brutus in this case. But um, he turns on that. Uh, he turns on Hogan. He's he's a heel. Um, Kevin Sullivan runs out. Um, Avalanche comes out. I always loved Avalanche. Um, this is the beginning, if I'm not mistaken, of the Dungeon of Doom. Yes. Um, because um, Brutus Beefcake would become another character. He would become Zodiac. But before that, I believe he had another character too. I'm trying to think of what it was called because weren't they, they were going to be the, 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 uh, um, Kevin Sullivan avalanche and yeah. the butcher, the, but yeah. yeah, he became the butcher. Well, we had and they Zodiac. Were the faces of fear, right? And then he became Zodiac when they became the dungeon of zoom doom. Yeah, yeah. And that's when he had the face paint and they love Zodiac and the Yeti. Oh yeah. The Yeti. Uh-huh. <laughs> Um, so, uh, the crowd obviously was fucking insane. I mean, they were just screaming. I mean, they were screaming 
at the top of their lungs. This could not have been more over. Yeah. This match was good. Flair versus Hogan, like they always say, Flair can get a good match out of anybody. And, you know, he could he could wrestle a broomstick and have a good match. Um, he proved it with this. He got the best out of Hogan. Um, uh, you know, you, you got to see Sherry Martell's butt. Um, you got Sting running in to make the save from the Dungeon of Doom. You got uh, so you got Sting and Hogan at the end, standing tall, tallish. Hogan's kind of beat up, um, and then it goes off the air with Ric Flair's career over. Um, so yeah, it's amazing. So what do you got to go against that? <sighs> okay. So the, the 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 battle that I have to go against yes. one of your legendary cage matches where you have all types of celebrities out there like Muhammad Ali, a couple of football player guys, Sting's in there. We oh, got Sherry Dance, <laughs> Mr. T's yeah. up in there, brother. You know what I have? I have a I have a uh, prompt two challenge because Hogan was too uh, uh, big to do the job, brother. We have Sting coming out. <laughs> For an open challenge, but nobody can figure out if it's for the world belt or not. So we can't figure this. Uh, he never said it was for the world belt. Now they're saying it's for the world belt. We can't figure it out if it's for the world belt. But who's going to challenge him? Who is it? Oh, it's Goldberg. He's back, brother. Well, of course it is. Who, uh, who, who else could it be? So then Tony says uh, on commentary, yeah, this is non-title match. And then and then out the arena, like, yeah, this is the title match. He's like, okay, well, maybe we're a minute. So this is a fast-paced match, kind of like one of those Brock Lesnar yeah. matches you used to have. It was like six minutes. Okay. Yeah. All big moves. Then we get a spear, Jack Hammer, and then Goldberg wins. So yeah, I have a question about this, and I meant to ask yeah. it the last time. <laughs> so Sting's music, the one we watched on the Peacock, yeah, is that the actual music he was using at this time? No. He hadn't started coming out to seek and destroy. No, right? no, he should oh, have yes. been. Uh, I'm pretty sure. I can't say for sure, but I know he was definitely probably using Seeker and Destroy right now. Like he had to be. Okay. Like I don't know. I, I just can't remember if he used it for his heel run or not. All right, but no, yeah, it was not the thing. right music. That's yeah. the only thing. Yeah, but okay. he was definitely using um, Seek and Destroy. The okay. uh, wasn't it the uh, uh-huh. it wasn't the me- it wasn't even the Metallica version either. It was like a I, I think no. it was the Megadeth version. Yeah, yeah, I think uh-huh. it was. Yeah, it was like some other version. They didn't use the Metallica yeah. one, but um. So so also what happens is Charles gives the, the uh, Charles is back. He's okay. He gives the belt yes. to the winner, a uh, new heavyweight champion. And then the com- people are on the commentary confused, and then Sting just goes to him and death drops him. Uh-huh. Yeah, so everybody seemed to be confused because yeah. they clearly say it's not it's a non-title match, and Sting never says anything about the title. Yeah. But at the end of the match, they give it to Goldberg, and now he has two titles. Yeah. He has the World Heavyweight title and the United States Heavyweight title. So um, basically what happens is the next night on Nitro, Sting comes out mm-hmm. saying, I never said it was for the belt. All right, yeah. and then we had J.J. Dillon come out there. It's like, well, you know, you put your hands on the referee, so we're actually going to strip your ass of the belt. We're going to create a tournament, and that's when we get uh-huh. the tournament that goes all the way to Mayhem, and, of course, that tournament is won by a good babyface, Bret Hart. So, oh, Right, so wait a minute. So even though they gave the title to Goldberg, Sting had it on the next night on Nitro? No, no, no. It was they didn't have it at all. Like he basically, we had to give up the belt. Like the match, the the the, the match never happened, and Sting is not going to get rewarded the belt because he put his hands on the referee. So that then that they just put the belt up for grabs. Oh, okay, all right. So as I say, why were they punishing Goldberg for ref for uh, Sting yeah. putting his hands on the referee? But yeah. yeah, so they basically that's why they end up having that tournament. Okay. Yeah, because the, the match was never assigned for the belt, so that's why Goldberg got hit, taken away. And Sting didn't mm-hmm. get awarded the belt back because he put his hands on the referee. So. 
Yeah, and it would, uh, and then so then the next match, the, the mayhem, the final match of that was was Benoit and Bret Hart, right? Yeah, for the belt, two yeah. faces. Yeah, and then so it was face Bret Hart, and then right after that, Bret Hart would turn heel again as the leader of the NWO Silver. Yes, until until Goldberg ends of his career, which would which, happen maybe three three weeks no, later. Maybe no, 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 no. That doesn't happen until the next year. Uh, Starcade 2000. Is it Starcade that long? Did. Yeah, because you you forgot wow, okay. because so they were gonna probably gonna do that match earlier, but the thing is they did that angle where the NWO Silver was attacking Goldberg and Goldberg fucking bashed his own hand into the fucking window and he fucking tore his remnants. I do remember and that. And he was out. I do remember that. And that's yeah. basically what killed the NWO because they were there to put, they were, there, they were basically there to be heaters on Goldberg to lead to Goldberg versus Bret Hart because the story uh, was, okay. okay, the story was Bret Hart was a baby face, Goldberg was a baby face and they actually run, won the tag belts together. Okay, it was one of those things, and Bret Hart won the belt, and then they they did like a I think they did might have did a match together, but then Bret Hart turned on Goldberg, and then that's when they that Bret Hart joined the NWO Silver, and the whole storyline was gonna be you know Goldberg has the Steve Austin fighting the evil corporation of the NWO Silver because Vince yeah. Russo has to recycle shit he's already done, but the problem is yeah. Goldberg couldn't use a bat to break a window, he had to use his manly fist, and that apparently didn't work out that well. Yeah, it doesn't usually. So. Um, so yeah, okay. So basically, the NWO Silver fell apart long before this Goldberg Bret Hart match actually happened. Yes, because I remember it was it was cool for a little bit, and then all of a sudden they just kind of it just kind of faded away. Yeah. Um, yeah. Pretty much. Yeah. Yeah, because it would have been over by the Bash at the Beach. Yeah. Well, that would have been a year past that anyway. That had been the next summer. Yeah. Yeah, that would have been right. That would have been the summer of 2000. So it was well over by then. Because it must have started in, say, January or February, and it was probably over by, like, April or March or April or something. Yeah, let me see. Because, uh, the, yeah. So maybe Bret Hart did face Goldberg at the 1999 Starcade. Maybe I'm getting my uh, my timeline wrong on here. Let me see. When, when did Goldberg break his arm? Let's see. Mm, yeah, according to this, Starcade '99 is when he suffered the concussion. Okay, that would ultimately end his career. Okay, so it was then. Okay, so I might have some. I might have some things right and some things backgrounds. So Bill Goldberg's arm injuries. Let's see. So he almost lost the arm, but when was it? Let's see. Okay, so okay, 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 so. I got some of it right, but I got the Starcade part wrong. So basically, that match did happen at Starcade 1999 of Goldberg versus Bret Hart, which he, Goldberg kicked him in the head and obviously, you know, would lead to Bret Hart's career being down. But yeah. also, on that same month, Goldberg injured his arm by doing that angle by him hitting, uh, hitting the, uh, the, 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 the glass with his arm. So it all actually happened on the same month. I thought it happened like... The whole year, but no, no. That's but basically what happened was the NWO Silver. They were there to be the 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 big heaters for Goldberg, and mm-hmm. at that Starcade that happened in '99, uh, Bret Hart actually won the match by submission, and Goldberg was trying to get some revenge, so they're doing an angle on Thunder, and then Goldberg was supposed to break the car windows with the bat, but he didn't have the bat, so he used his arm. And then he became injured, and then Bret Hart became injured, and that's how the whole NWO Silver. 
uh, basically disbanded because they didn't have their two top people that was supposed to be feuding and in the group out, so they just got rid of it. So that makes sense. Yeah, that so, does all make sense. You're right. All right, so let's talk about the winners over here, brother. Let's see what let's we got see, here. Who won the 2023 battle of the Halloween Havocs, brother? So let me tally some stuff up. So at the first match when we had Disco Inferno versus Lashley Rue versus yours, uh, uh, what was it? Booker T versus uh, Armstrong. Mm-hmm. So we gave each other half a point. So we all have half a point right now. Okay. Okay. So the number two match we have is the ta- I had the tag team championship match. Okay. Yeah. For the three way. And then which one yeah. did you have? Johnny B. Bad versus Honky Tonk Man. True. So I believe I won that one. Okay. So I basically have one point for myself. Okay. Okay. So, because the other tie ones kind of like take each other out. Then we have Saturn versus Eddie Guerrero. Yeah. Okay. Versus yours. Pretty wonderful Paul Orndorff and pretty Paul Roma. Yes. And I'm pretty uh, sure versus we... Stars and Stripes. So we gave that one to yours, brother. Stars and Stripes mm-hmm. taking it all away. And then, of course, we had a the, uh, the roughest matches on the night. Mine was mm. uh, Brad Armstrong versus Alex Wright, and yours is uh, yeah. David Solomon versus Kevin Solomon, which I'm pretty exactly. sure we gave that to you. So you got two on there. Mm. And then now we have the TV title match. I had Chris Benoit versus Rick Steiner. And yeah. what was yours? Dustin Rhodes versus Arn Anderson. Which one did we? I think we gave each other a half on this one, didn't we, too, huh? Um, maybe. I know we gave ourselves a half on one of them, but I'm not sure which one it was. Yeah. So with this one, I, I believe we gave because these ones matches were pretty much the same, so we gave each other a half on both. So they eliminate each other. So now we had mine was Lex Luger versus Bret Hart. All right, with this great match mine, versus yours. Jim Duggan versus Steve Austin. Of course, we gave mine to mine, Lex Luger. Mm-hmm. All right, taking yeah, the win, brother match. versus Bret Hart, brother. Good match, probably one of the best matches on the show. Uh, we skipped Sting versus Hulk Hogan, and then mm-hmm. we had I had uh, Sid versus Goldberg going against yours. Fader versus Guardian Angel. Yep. Unfortunately, we had to give the gold Sid and Goldberg the win on that yeah. one. Yeah. All right. Then we had the strap match, brother. DDP versus <laughs> Ric Flair, and then yours had. So- Nasty Boys versus Terry Funk and Buckhouse Buck. Yes. And which one did we give it to you? I thought you were writing it down. I can't really remember. Um, yeah. I think that we gave it to me because of the ending of my match. That's right. Yes, yours had a better ending on it. So now we're tied, brother. Three to three. And, of Ooh. course, the main event <laughs> is the thing that took it over. You had the classic yeah. Hulk Hogan and Ric Flair in the cage, brother. Great men events, great drama, great turn, great swerves, <laughs> great everything. And I had Sting coming out for a random open <laughs> challenge. <laughs> okay. So I now officially got defeated by one point, and you have won the battle of the Halloween Havocs 2023. 1994 Halloween Havoc has taken it all the way for the Lights Out podcast, brother. I got, I got the fucking powers that be. From New York, screwed yeah. me over, brother. Yep. They, they did. They didn't. They, book, did. they didn't write me a good script. They didn't write nope, me a good nope. story, brother. Nope. They they booked some shit for you. So so the first the first annual one um, was a draw, was yep. a tie. 
Second one, I won. So I'm going to challenge you a year from now. Let's meet right back here. Let's have the same match again. What do you think? Let's do it, brother. I can't wait. I love talking yep. about these Halloween Havoc battles, brother. Good stuff. So, but everybody. So it would be the brawl to settle it all. The brawl to settle it all. Oh, that's right. Well, I'm, uh, let's see. We have yeah. a tie. If this is M. So I, we have a tie and you won one. So, so I got to come back for revenge, brother. Okay. I got to yeah, be you gotta like. You got to win. You got to win. Yeah. I got to be like our fucking, uh, you know, I got to be like Ric Flair over here. Got to come back for my big victory. After getting <laughs> screwed over by the powers from New York. All right. Fuck. But everybody, hope you all enjoyed this uh, special Lights Out Halloween edition. Talking all about the Halloween Havocs. We love doing these battle shows. They're very fun. So, but everybody, join us. We have a shit ton of stuff going on in October. You know, if you guys are oh, checking yeah. out the Retro Blood, we did Halloween 5 through 8. Plus, we had a very special um, um, Halloween episode that's dropping this uh, uh, October 29th on the Retro Blood. They're, they're very uh, uh, good um, Halloween episode, which I'm pretty sure they already explained what that was going to be. Um, it's going to be for the Retro Blood Halloween edition. It's going to be Night of the Demons. Night of the Demons. What a classic. Fucking classic, brother. I can't wait to talk about that yeah. on the main show, Retro Blood. That is going to be a party. Okay. I'm going to fucking party as hard as fucking uh, the filthy animals do. All right, brother. I'm going to bring my camcorder. <laughs> I'm going to bring my Tory Reels. I'm going to bring my beer. I'm going to bring that stupid cologne and Medusa's tits, brother. We're going to be partying. It's going to be great. All right. And of course, lights out. We'll be back, brother. You thought you were going to get one? No. You're going to get two. Okay. Yeah. Because we are coming back on Halloween. Okay. Mm. The 31st, brother. And me and the Allison are going to talk all about Freddy versus Jason. Yeah. What could be more, more, uh, more appropriate, right? The yeah. end of our second season, we're doing the Jason movie with Jason movies. We started off Retro Blood, Freddy movies. Yeah. So now we're doing Freddy and Jason together. Bam. And of course, we'll give you all the schedule for November. But everybody, let's go. Thanks for joining us here on the Battle of the Halloween Havocs. Congratulations to Allison winning one yeah. this time. He's a champion. <laughs> He's going to hold that championship for a whole year until I come Hell back yeah. for my revenge, brother. But we will check you all back here on Halloween, brother, for Freddy vs. Jason. See you all later. See you guys. Thank you.